Oh, hi. It's been a while. Welcome back to the Vampire Diaries Diaries, a podcast where we're not going to talk about the Vampire Diaries this time because it's Christmas time. My name's Claire, and I'm joined by this ho-ho-ho over here, Beth. Uh. (laughs) And we're here for a very special holiday edition of the podcast uh, where we will be recapping and discussing a classic holiday feature film available on Disney Plus wrapped up in Christmas from 2017. I can't believe we're doing this, Claire. It's been a year since we last recorded. It certainly has. And so much has happened in a year. You had a baby. I did have a baby. Yep. Here, do you want to give our listeners a quick update on what you've been up to? Because it's way cooler than what I've been doing. Uh, You had a baby. That's way cooler than anything. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's way more work than anything. Yes. That's, That's true. And it is very awesome. But it's not very exciting. It's a lot of the same things over and over again. True. I get to experience <laughs> just seeing, like, the really cute photos and getting to meet Baby Willow that one time. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you've only met her once. I feel like it's been more than that, but just in my heart. Yes. <laughs> we shall meet again one day. Yes. Yeah. I rage quit my job in the spring and was unemployed for the summer, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And now I have a hot new job as a court reporter. It's very strange, but I'm liking it. It sounds so cool, like court reporter. I just, I picture you always <laughs> in, a tr- in a trench coat, which I know, <laughs> like, I know that's not what a, re- a court reporter wears, but for some reason I'm like thinking that a court reporter is like some sort of spy. I don't know. I'm a spy for justice. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. It's a lot of typing and keeping a straight face while listening to people say the craziest shit. Oh. So that's what I've been up to. Anything else going on with you, Beth? Or just living that mom life? Yeah, just living that mom life. It's been good. So Willow was born last December, and that's Willow with an A, not an O-W, so... Sometimes when I'm speaking frequently, people think I'm saying Willow, and then they call Willow Willow, and then I get extremely annoyed, which I know that it's just a simple mistake, but I don't know. It just really gets under my skin, and it wasn't something that I was anticipating happening frequently when I Mm. named her Willow, but Willow is a very popular name now, which is fine, and I'm just rambling. (laughs) Um, As we all know, Beth has never watched Buffy, so her child is not named Willow. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I was on maternity leave from December to April. Um, so that was really nice. And then I went back to work and that was super tough with two kids. So this year has been just really like a year of kind of getting back into the swing of things, working on myself a little bit. I did therapy for a while to help me with the transition back from maternity leave to work. So that was new for me, but it was something that was really good. I'm not doing it anymore right now but I think you know if another hard time comes up it's definitely like really good to have I guess a professional to walk through some transitions in in life so yeah that was good um got to see you and some of our old Chicago friends in the summer and do a visit to Chicago that was really great that was and yeah it's just it's just um really like living the mom life I think when I first had Harrison I 
felt like I should be, you know, still able to like do cool things and like still, (laughs) still able to like have other hobbies and interests and things like that. But between work and mom life right now, I don't do a lot else, but I'm having a really good time and I'm, I'm proud of it. So yeah, I'm doing good. I the one thing that I wish that I could have kept doing was the podcast. Um, and I I do hope that we do get back to it someday. But I'm still breastfeeding. I think that after I'm done breastfeeding, that will be the time that my time opens up again a little bit because baby's got to eat. That is a big time commitment. Yeah, it is. I read this thing on Facebook or something, and it was like breastfeeding is like having a second full-time job. I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like that. And one that's a lot more physically demanding usually than what you're doing. Yes, exactly. I know. My job job is to sit in a chair. So definitely burning more calories um, (laughs) doing the breastfeeding. Totes. Well, it's very exciting to be recording again. As always, when we uh, have taken a long break, both of us are kind of trying to remember how this works. So bear with us as we get back into our (laughs) podcasting groove for this special holiday installment. So we chose this particular Christmas movie because uh, it features an actress you might have heard of named Jasmine Guy, a.k.a. Drunk Grandma. Grams, Bonnie is Bonnie. She has like five lines, but she really makes it count with her facial expressions. She does. And while I was watching the movie, I was try I was preferring to consider this like the other side or what else or whatever whatever they refer to it as in Vampire Diaries <laughs> Diaries, like where Graham is. Oh what, my is god. It, is it the other side or like the it's other the other side, yeah. The other side. So I'm like <laughs> this like weird ass Christmas universe is where Graham's was sent to. Because um, she's always gotta be a grandma. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So we didn't really know much about it going in, but it turned out to be a treasure trove of like unexpected actors that we remember from the 90s <laughs> and all kinds of shenanigans. Yes. So the premise of the story is we have our main character, Heather, who works at the mall, but it's not just any job at the mall. Mm. It's an important job. She's the lease manager and she has a job working in the mall office yes very fancy and important and she is played by tatiana ali who is very beautiful and charming she is and she's a pretty good actress i think yeah for one of these movies way better than her love interest but we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) yes she could (laughs) yes she works at the shops at town center could you figure out where this was supposed to be set? I think it might have been Colorado. So I thought that it was Colorado, but I also have been to Colorado and no places looked like this. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it looked like but... it was filmed in California, but they were trying to make it look like... I thought I saw a Colorado license plate on a car or there oh, was a license plate with okay. like a mountain range on it. So one of those yeah. mountain states. I watched this movie. T- well like two and a half times because I kept starting it and falling asleep halfway through. So Mm. I watched it with Mike the first half, the first time around. And we decided that it looked like Utah, but neither of us have been to Utah. So we could be wrong. You know, it does look like Utah. I have been to Utah in the winter time and those mountains Mm -hmm. did look kind of familiar. So maybe it was. 
I don't know. But Maybe I do think a... it was supposed to be Colorado. Yeah. It was somewhere with mountains and snow. Very Christmassy. Yes. And somewhere that is a short flight from Seattle, allegedly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever Seattle is. Right. But we'll get there. <laughs> yes. So our movie opens uh, with Tatiana Ali in a stunning red coat and red beret. So I already love her. Yes. She looked amazing in this mm-hmm. and every scene. And I loved her outfits and she just looked so good. Yes. So she is going to her fancy job at the mall. We get a lot of establishing shots of Christmas decorations and people like opening up the security gates at their stores. Mm-hmm. So we really know. And, uh, the first thing in this movie that made me think of the Vampire Diaries happens pretty much right away when uh, Heather is walking through the mall and she comes across this lady who works at one of those kiosks uh, that sells like bath and body supplies, who's really yes. struggling to move this sign like, <laughs> yes. out, like as though it weighs a thousand pounds. And I was like, is this like when Bonnie was trying to lift that table so Uncle Mason would come and try to help her so she could <laughs> use witch magic to like capture him so Damon could rip his heart out of his chest that one time. I love the reference. Yes, this 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 person was really struggling to move the sign. And it was one of those ones that you just like slide a piece of paper in, you know? It wasn't yeah. like a sign that you like have to unscrew or anything. No. Yeah, it has a like a metal sign. base. And she was dragging it. I think she needs to uh get some tips from Sheriff Forbes on how to get more swole. Yes, for sure. But she is there mainly to establish that Heather's name is Heather. And the mall is looking very clean. I have not been to a mall in quite some time, but this is the whitest, brightest, cleanest mall ever. And it looked like they shot it in an actual mall. Yeah. What do you think? It didn't seem like a set to me. Well, they had actual stores there. Like this whole movie was possibly sponsored by the Foot Locker. I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, Foot Locker is the background of like half of the mall shots. It's so funny. Does the Foot Locker even still exist? Uh, I don't know. Do they survive Probably. the pandemic? Did any of us really? Mm, very true. Very <laughs> true. But yeah, it definitely looked like a real mall to me. So kudos to them, I guess. Maybe it wasn't yeah. filmed in California. It was somewhere that was so excited to have a movie filming there that they let them use their mall. I think that instead of being sponsored by Foot Locker, it was just sponsored by Big Mall because this mm. was the, this was, I think, towards the end of malls, right? So this movie was shot in, what, 2016? Probably. It came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. That was the time that malls were really starting to wind down. So I think that maybe they were like, maybe if we make this movie, everyone will want to go to the mall again to fall in love at Christmas time. Aw. I've been to the mall in the last year. I don't know if I... I have because my son loves the loves Legos and there's a yep. Lego store at the mall. Yep. Um, so we did go to the Lego store at the mall and then we ate at PF Chang's. <laughs> uh, the mall I go to has a movie theater. So I'm usually there to okay. see movies and I get there too early and go look at the clearance rack at Hot Topic to get nerd t-shirts. Oh, nice. But I they have not moved, been to a Hot Topic in a long time. They moved the Hot Topic to a smaller storefront. So they have less clearance stuff there now. I was very mad. In this economy... So rude. So but anyway, rude. yes, very clean mall. They really uh, got it scrubbed <laughs> up for this filming uh, experience. Yes. And I love that 
So, you know, Heather's walking through the mall and she goes to the elevators and there's like floor three mall office, it says, <laughs> yeah. on the elevator. And it's like so, taped on there. Right. And I just, I don't know, in my mind, there's like no such thing as a mall office. Like, so this mall, we've come to find out shortly, is like owned by some sort of conglomerate that owns a whole bunch of malls. East Park but Corporation. Somehow, e- yes, East Park Corporation. Thank you. But somehow there's, like, all of these people who have these, like, high-level leadership positions at the mall who work at the mall, and there's no, like, separate office entrance, and they have to, like, go down the escalator and walk through the whole mall to get to the office part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand why they have to do it for plot purposes, but that was the first thing that jumped out at me is very unrealistic about this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, everything else was very realistic. Yes. <laughs> This is just the last straw for me. So she's in the elevator and it like pauses briefly and she is so mad. She like busts out her phone immediately. It's like the West elevator is broken again and I'm in it. Wah! And it like starts working again immediately. But I was really expecting for this to come back later for like her and the love interest to get trapped in the elevator together or something. But the elevator never comes back into play. Yeah, that was just a total throwaway scene. Why did they do that? To show that she's, like, powerful or something? I don't know. I was I thought it was going to be Chekhov's elevator, but I was wrong. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rats. But she safely arrives at her office, and she's chatting with her friend, um, who seems to be, like, simultaneously her personal assistant, maybe, but also a friend, but also the receptionist. Um, her name is Diana. Yeah. So, yeah, she walks into the mall office and she's chit-chatting with Diana. And we find out through their conversation that Heather has her eyes set on being a director, or no, the VP of operations someday mm. for this mall. I know when I was a little kid, I dreamed of one day being the VP of operations for the mall. <laughs> I still want to be VP of operations for the mall, especially <laughs> if it entails what Heather has to do, which seems to be mostly eating cookies, but we'll talk about that. And canceling people's leases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that. But they uh, are talking about someone named Arlene who who's going to be there and they're scared and blah, blah, blah. But Diana, also, one of her job duties is taking care of Heather's calendar, apparently, because she says, ooh, is that a date I saw in your calendar tonight? Oh, wow. And Heather replies, my sister won't give up. And I'm like, wait, do you have a date with your sister? (laughs) (laughs) Is this a Salvatore situation? (laughs) Maybe this movie is more alike than we think. Yes, But no, she... uh, is just getting set up by her sister because she's one of those career gals who just can't make time for her personal life and can't find love. Womp womp. I feel like we see so many of them this time of year in TV movies. Yes. Do you Have you watched a lot of these type of movies? Not. Uh, this is the first one I've watched this year, but I usually do watch a few every year. Okay. I haven't watched too many. Like, maybe like five total. Mm. So... I knew what was going to happen, but not exactly. Yeah. But no, this this lady just needs to make time for um, finding love. Yes. So elsewhere at the mall, uh, something horrible happens that's going to persist throughout the movie and make me furious. 
they have the <laughs> setup for Mall Santa, and they have an actual little person there to play an elf. It's like very well into the movie before he has any lines, but he's mostly there as a prop. And I'm like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, what year was it that you it thought this was still year. okay? Right. It's like even Elf was like trying to turn that on its head with the Peter Dinklage scene. Yeah. Like it's not okay to say little time. people are elves. But yeah. they did not get the memo at uh, the shops at Town Center. No, and Elf is like 20 years old now. So way older than this movie. Yeah. Get it together. Whoever made this movie. But we'll move past that for the moment. Because we have to go visit some of our recurring creepers from this movie. The Cookie Couple. <laughs> the Cookie Couple. So the Cookie Couple is an older couple, I guess. What are they, like, in their late 50s or early 60s, maybe? Uh, I'd say in their 60s. In their 60s, yeah. And they own a cookie shop that also sells like coffee and tea and things like that. And when I was first watching the movie, I was very tired. And at first I thought it was Sherry O'Terry and like <laughs> makeup oh my God. that made her look older because this woman looks kind of like her, but Mike was yeah. like, no, that's definitely not her. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it wasn't her, but that's kind of the, the general look that, she, that the woman has. Yeah. There's always some like, kindly random old people in these movies trying to move the romantic plots along. Oh, okay. But their deal is that they're a couple and they own a cookie store. And I'm sorry, but the cookie couple seems like a first draft kind of name for this store. (laughs) (laughs) Like they couldn't have come up with some kind of pun, like the sweethearts or something. Like, I don't know. That seemed a little lazy. We sell cookies and we're a couple. We should call it the cookie couple. (laughs) No notes. (laughs) (laughs) And And I think we also see our other lead Mm. entering and opening up a store within the mall. So there's all of those pull down grates over the front of the stores. And we see him pull that up and kind of walk into what looks like a toy store. Patty's Toys. And and I was like, oh my god, is this guy's name Patrick? I would love that. (laughs) And this is his (laughs) store. But that is not the direction it goes. Uh, But yes, we're introduced to him. He's played by somebody that you know already, Beth. I do. Yes. I forget his name in real life. Brendan? Brendan? Fair. Brendan Fair? Yes. And he was the character of Michael on Roswell. Um, which, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, was probably my favorite show, like back when I was in elementary and middle school. Um, And in Roswell, his name was Michael. So you'll probably hear me call him Michael at least five times during this recap today. (laughs) So I apologize in advance. So when you hear me talking about Michael, I'm actually talking about Ryan. So we learned that this person's name is Ryan. Yes. So what kind of character did he play on Roswell? Was he, like, a hottie or something? Yes, he was, like, a, he was like so hot, I think. I mean, I was also, like, 11, so <laughs> <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Um, but he was one of the aliens, but he was the one that was kind of, like, a rebel mm. and a little bit of, like, a bad boy and, like, not necessarily wanting to follow the, follow the rules and being really emotional. Um, so not like the guy in this movie who's a little bit of a weenie. Yeah. 
It seemed like they were, with this character, they were going for a Chris Evans type. Yeah. On a budget. They just, they just didn't pull it off well. Like, the things that were supposed to be nice were just weird. I feel like, sorry to Roswell, but uh, the actor wasn't helping matters very much. <laughs> See, I, I think it's probably because of the show. I thought that he did a great job <laughs> for what it is, but... I feel like yeah. I could have found this character charming. It just seemed like he was the wrong actor for the part. Like, it wasn't that he was bad at acting. It was just like, I didn't buy him as this. Well, also, the character didn't make any sense. Like, yeah, I'm a lazy schlub, but also I'm a lawyer, but also I'm question mark. <laughs> yes, but also I have like a huge McMansion. Yes. But I'm, I'm a tortured artist, but I'm also super well adjusted and happy. Like, it just, it was too many conflicts. Yeah. Um, and this guy, I don't think he's, like, very traditionally good-looking, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that he's good-looking because I remember thinking that he was good-looking yeah. um, as a literal child. But, yeah, he, you would expect more of, like, a, I don't know, like a bro or something in this in this kind of role, I guess. Yeah. Or somebody, like, more of a charming rascal kind of vibe. Yeah. But anyway, I guess you take what you could get with these movies. (laughs) It's true. That is our introduction to the male lead, but we are going to spend a little more time with Heather next. Um, She's in a big board meeting or whatever in the mall offices. (laughs) And Arlene comes in and oh my God, she's played by Jack Hay. How did I not? All I knew going into this was I was looking up Christmas movies that had Vampire Diaries actors in them. That yes, I that we were streaming somewhere that her. I had it, but yes, Jack Hay, who played the mom on Sister Sister, a huge part of my childhood. Yes, and I have not seen her in anything in a long time, so I was excited about this. Yes, I was very happy to see her, but she is the CEO of East Park Corporation, who owns the shops at Town Center, and she is so proud that they've always had profits every year but now there's a new mall stealing their business and we're doomed with this rival new mall opening because they are very fancy and high-end and arlene is coming into this meeting with heads to chop she's like we're never gonna last (laughs) we need to make some difficult decisions here and like Everyone is, there's so many fucking people in this meeting. Like, I was, it was just sending me, right? So, like, you have Heather, but you also have, like, 11 other people. Like, what are these people's jobs at this one mall that's owned by a conglomerate? And did any of them have lines? No, but they all looked, like, nervous or, like, disapproving and, you know. But Diana was also there, and I'm, like, usually... I'm sorry, Diana, like, I respect your career. Like, I wish that was my job. But usually the, like, admin person is not in a meeting with the CEO of of East Park Corp. So the the corporate, like, configurations were all over the place with this. Diana (sighs) is everywhere. (laughs) Diana is everywhere, always staring at Heather as though she wants to single black female her. (laughs) (laughs) She does. She does. But anyway, yes, Arlene is there to say that because of the rival mall opening, they have to make some tough decisions and that they're going to kick out any store where their profits are 
I don't know, below 15 or 20% of what they should be or something along those lines. I forget what Numbers. the metric was, but it seemed Finance. insane. It seemed insane. Yes. And also this strategy is insane because Heather very reasonably is like, well, you know, it's Christmas time. This is a bad time to be like closing stores. <laughs> and Jack Hay seems to be suggesting that the idea is for them to clear out these stores that aren't performing and get new stores in immediately in time for Christmas. But we learn Christmas is in two weeks <laughs> and she hasn't even decided what stores they're going to close yet. She's like, give me a full report on their earnings. <laughs> yeah. It takes a while to get up and running, like get to get the stock in, hire people <laughs> like Jack Hay. Cue the sad trombones. Cause we have some technical difficulties. At this point in the recording, Beth's microphone cut out for about five minutes, and neither of us noticed because we are professionals. So just wanted to hop in and provide a brief recap of what happened during this time. So we spend some time at Patty's Toys and learn that Patty is Ryan's aunt, and he is being a very good nephew by helping her out at the store through the holiday season because she has some kind of arm or hand or wrist injury. It's hard to say because she's not wearing any kind of like splint or cast or bandage even, and she wraps a lot of presents in this movie, so question mark on that. Uh, We also get a little bit of background on Ryan's family situation uh, that his mom is dead because this is a Christmas movie. Somebody has to have a dead mom. And he has a strained relationship with his father for mysterious reasons, but it doesn't really matter because I think his father comes up one more time in this movie and it's never resolved. So really, you didn't miss much. Now back to your originally scheduled programming. So Ryan tries to turn the tables on this and is like, well, Aunt Patty, I've seen the books and they're looking shit. So you need my help and I'm more worried about you than you're worried about me. Yeah. She gives this very... uh christmas movie speech about how back in the day they used to have lines out the door but now people all order their gifts online and i miss the days when kids would leave the shop with a beautifully wrapped present and now people don't even see the presents wrapped anymore and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) the kids aren't leaving the store with the wrapped presents their parents are leaving the store with wrapped presents to give to their kids on christmas morning right you psychopath (laughs) But Ryan declares that maybe they can draw in new customers with some more dramatic displays and he's going to go get some supplies. Nothing happens on this for quite some time. No, about three weeks later we have, or it feels like three weeks, but it might just be a couple days. But he's like, okay, BRB, going to go get more supplies. The unresolved dad uh, (laughs) storyline is just very odd to me as well. Like, you never hear about it again after this one point. (laughs) But we do learn that Ryan really loves his aunt and that his mom died when he was really young and that he considers Aunt Patty his second mom. And she says that she promised Ryan's mom that she would love him like her own son um, before she died. So there's definitely a strong bond there within the family business. Yes. And then we get a brief uh, bit of stuff again with Heather and Arlene just... Once again, how they're making good points, like, wouldn't it be bad to have all those stores vacant at once? <laughs> and Jack Hay's like, oh, no, it would just drive up the sales of the other stores. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how it works. People will say, oh, this mall is going to shit. I'm not shopping here anymore. Right. They're going to put a spirit of Halloween or something in there. Heather should be CEO of East Park Corporation. She knows what's up. 
Uh, here, here. But one of my favorite lines in the movie happens now, uh, where Jack Hay passes on these words of wisdom. Women don't just shop in malls. They run them. <laughs> hey. That's Arlene. feminism for you. <laughs> so after this very busy first day at work for everyone, um, we leave the mall for the first time and mm-hmm. go over to a beautiful Christmas tree farm. So we see that Heather arrives and she's meeting up with her sister, Courtney, mm-hmm. I believe, Courtney, and her brother-in-law, Grant, and her niece, who is this adorable child um, named Molly in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she immediately comes in and starts complaining about a date that Courtney had set her up on and about how, why would Courtney set her up on a date with such a bro? Yes. And Courtney's like, well, he ticked off every box on your list. And she's like, I don't have a list. And she's like, you literally showed me your literal list because Heather is so (laughs) uptight and she just needs somebody to help her relax, I guess. I guess so. But she says she's going to take a break from dating until the holidays are over. Which is like two weeks from now. So is it usually a thing that if you go on a date, you have another one within like a two week time frame? I don't know. I haven't dated in a long time. (laughs) I don't know. Me neither. But also at the park is Ryan, who I laughed so hard when they showed the shot of Ryan. He has a literal easel with him at the park and is painting a picture of the trees. (laughs) Nobody does that. No, no. The only time I've ever seen someone do that is at the Art Institute Museum. Yeah. Where, like, art students go to, like, paint the paintings. Mm-hmm. And we've got Ryan out here, like, pulling that at the local Christmas tree farm by it's himself. Insane. If you're going to do something that you just, like, that you, like, need to bring a friend with you so you don't look so unhinged. Yeah. And it was, like, a really intense easel, too, that had, like, compartments for his paints. And, like, <laughs> it was basically, like, a, a portable desk. It was. He brought the office outdoors with him. <laughs> But he uh, goes to this hot chocolate booth at the same time that Heather is like, hey, who wants hot chocolate? And so our leads finally meet, both ordering a Mexican hot chocolate. At the same time. And Ryan is like Johnny on the spot here. So Heather's like, in addition to the Mexican hot chocolate, also have a regular one. And he's like, ooh, for your boyfriend. fucking weird and she's like um no it's for my niece and he's like oh okay yeah he is uh in it to win it Mm -hmm. but Heather's just like all right uh bye although (laughs) they have this weird conversation where they're both trying to justify to each other why they like Mexican hot chocolate but I was like you both like it you don't have to like explain yourself and Ryan says (laughs) I like the spice and Heather says, oh, I like the chili flakes. I'm like, isn't that the same thing? It is. Maybe neither of them like had had Mexican hot chocolate before, but they had heard of it. So they were just trying to make it seem like they had it before in I case they know. didn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. It was. But Heather goes back to her family and they're like, ooh, who is that? He was cute. You have the same taste in hot chocolate. Hey. And truly god bless heather because her family is so awful (laughs) about 
like her finding a boyfriend every single second of every single day. So the fact mm-hmm. that she had a minor interaction with a man has them all in a tizzy. Yeah. Well, they love her and want her to be happy. And as we all know, the only way for a woman to be happy is to have a boyfriend and eventually yeah. a husband. Or as True. Courtney p- puts it, a Christmas tree picker of her own. <laughs> Beautiful. Because that's what men are good for, right? I guess. And then uh, Molly has been very excited about, I've picked the top five best options for trees. And the scene ends with her being like, oh, everyone look at this one. And she just points at this tree that they've been standing next to for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and also, why are all the trees at this Christmas tree farm already lit up? I know. Do they come with the yeah. lights? Maybe. That's actually a pretty good idea. But how are you going to string that up on your car to bring it home? Exactly. It seems impractical. And there's one scene in this part where I missed it the first time I watched it. So it was key to understanding what the hell was going on with this child for the rest of the movie. Oh. Um But Courtney asks Heather if she could watch Molly this week because their babysitter is out of town. And Molly's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. As long as she doesn't, like, mind hanging out at the mall. Mm -hmm. And the sister's like, yeah, just make sure she does her homework and give her a snack. So I had missed that the first time around. And I was like, why is this child only (laughs) at the mall? Like, does she not have school? Does she not, like, have a home? I don't understand. So we learned that... um, Heather is going to watch Molly uh, this week before Christmas. Yes. And then do we go to Ryan's McMansion? We do get to the McMansion. I mean, listen, this is a nice ass house. Like, it's not small by any means. It's huge. Like, it has, it like, is somehow like on, it like curves around itself. It has like a two car garage. It's a nice house. And we're like, why does this guy who brings his easel to the uh, Christmas tree store have such a nice house? And he lives by himself. Mm-hmm. But he has an art studio set up in one of the rooms in this gigantic mansion. And he is contemplating the painting that he was doing at the tree park. And he's still drinking his hot chocolate. And I'm like, that can't be hot anymore. <laughs> that is cold. <laughs> No, he's trying to choke it down because he didn't realize what it was going to taste like because <laughs> it was the first time he ever had Mexican hot chocolate. Yes. Um, but he's also thinking about his fellow Mexican hot chocolate lover as he's drinking it. And yes. like, that was a babe. And I let her get away. <laughs> and we're introduced for the first time to a variety of paintings of very questionable skill level. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's art... Uh, I really want to know, can he paint horses? <laughs> that, was a, that was the only thing I was thinking about as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very thank you for your horsery moment later. <laughs> but suddenly he's looking at his painting and he's like, there's something missing. And he picks up his brush and paints a red streak. I'm like, oh my gosh, who was wearing a red coat and red beret earlier at that tree park? Oh, so dramatic. It's not a Handmaid's Tale. It's not a Handmaid from the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, maybe it. Maybe it's both. But we do get one final uh, mention of Ryan's dad here because his phone rings and it says dad's calling and he declines the call and we never hear about or from his dad again. 
Which, you know, honestly, I kind of appreciate in a weird way, because usually a movie like this would be like, you need to make peace with your father, even if he's an asshole who's trying to pressure you to be a corporate whatever. But it's just like, no, my dad is not good for me. So I'm going to decline his call and not have him in my life. And that's very healthy, Ryan. I support you. I like that you put it in that light because it just seemed like sloppy story writing to me, but maybe there was a purpose here. I think probably it was just sloppy, but... I'm assigning yeah, I was going to ask you, like, I feel like you know a lot about movies and I'm like, how does something like this slip through the cracks when you're creating one of these movies? Well, with these movies, this genre of holiday movie in particular, there's like almost a checklist of things that like have to happen. So it's just like cramming in these tropes. Yeah. Like, I have a strange relationship with my parent and or a dead parent. Uh, there's a precocious child who is... Uh, meddling in my life there are some random old people who are also meddling in my life like these are things that you see over and over and over again in these movies so it doesn't phase me that much although usually it wouldn't just be left hanging like that but it did seem like they had a, a bit of a checklist there yeah fair enough you just gotta have a hallmark movie marathon and you'll understand maybe i will So we leave Ryan at his house and then we go back to the mall for the first of many days at the mall. Mm -hmm. Um, So we see that lotion stand again, uh, the same one that we saw in the first. And Molly and Heather are trying on or trying to use some different lotions and commenting on how they all smell like cookies because it's the time of the holiday season. And I was thinking to myself, like, I remember the lotion stores of the malls of my youth and I think this was the first time that anyone ever purposefully went to like the lotion kiosk in the mall because usually the guy's just like chasing you around like what want to try some lotion (laughs) I feel like I've never seen anybody actually shopping at a kiosk at the mall but they're always there I know how do they it's it's wild it's a front it's money laundering without the money (laughs) yep but yeah this is also a, a thing that goes nowhere like what is the point of this scene? It's just them trying lotion, saying they all smell like cookies, and then Heather tries one called, called Snowflake Winter Berry, and they're like, what's a winter berry? And it never comes up again. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, Ryan gets the same lotion later, and like they recognize the smell or something. No, this is just a pointless scene. Yeah, just like the elevator. And it's weird. I was like, do they have like a certain length of time that they need to make the movie? And, like, that's why they just have all of these, like, throwaway scenes that happen for no reason. I don't know. Maybe they just really wanted to get this actor something for her reel. <laughs> Maybe. So while that's happening over at the lotion kiosk, um, Ryan and his pal Andy are catching a quick lunch over in the food court. And we learn that Andy is not only a security guard at the mall, but also is picking up some out- extra hours as the mall Santa. Yep. And we do get some good backstory here because um, Andy's like asking Ryan all about like how everything's going at the store and what's been going on. And we find out that he used to be married to someone named Kate, mm-hmm. but Kate divorced his ass when he decided <laughs> that he no longer wanted to be a lawyer, but wanted to be an artist instead. Yes. What a bee. Yeah. She just wanted the big house and the fancy job and like he still has the big house somehow do you like already pay off the mortgage in full because <laughs> he's not making any money right now right i mean listen 
I'm not all about like marrying a man for his money, but if I had like a secure financial situation and then someone who was terrible at art was like, <laughs> I'm going to leave my six figure job and paint Christmas trees, <laughs> I would probably be out of there too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, you do what's right for you, Kate. <laughs> She's yes, probably off in her own too. Hallmark movie. Uh, learning that it's not all about the material things in the big house and getting together with some cute single father. Yes, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember exactly what happens in this conversation because all I wrote down here is Santa's intuition. And Andy is like giving some kind of advice and says he has Santa's intuition. And that was all I felt the need to write. I know they talk about having kids at some point. So maybe... Oh, yeah, Yeah. because... Ryan is saying something like, oh, all those kids must be crazy. I don't know how you handle it. And Andy's like, oh, wait till you have some of your own. And he says, oh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But Santa's intuition tells Andy that maybe it'll be sooner than he thinks. Uh Uh-oh. Use protection, Heather. (laughs) Andy's going to be poking some holes in some condoms on on Ryan's behalf. (laughs) So speaking of creepy interfering people, uh, Heather has brought Molly to the cookie couple and the woman of the cookie couple, I forget what her name is. It starts with an A, Agnes, Agatha, something like that. I didn't write it down. (laughs) I just, I exclusively called them the cookie couple in my notes. (laughs) Same. She's being like a really creepy close talker, like right up in (laughs) Molly's face, like here little girl, have this cookie. But Molly likes the cookie. And doesn't find it weird. True. But then, oops, something unfortunate happens. Heather turns around, just as Ryan is saying goodbye to Andy, and they crash into each other and spill coffee all over her boobs. Oh, no. And he's, like, trying to offer to dab the coffee off her boobs, and she's like, no, thank you, stranger. (laughs) I know. And I feel like Heather took it very well, because... I mean, we both worked at coffee shops, Claire. Usually Mm -hmm. if you had someone a black coffee, it is like scalding hot because it doesn't even have any milk or cream or anything to like cool it down. So Mm -hmm. she's just lucky she wasn't like screaming with like third degree burns all over her chest. Yeah. So this is also bad news for the coffee couple because it means that their coffee is like lukewarm and it's probably been sitting in the giant urn for the whole day. (laughs) Yes, they just make one pot. (laughs) Yeah. But then ugh, Ryan is like, oh, you're from the tree farm, Mexican hot chocolate. And she's like, oh, yeah, good memory, I guess. And he says, never forget a pretty face. Ugh, get out of here, Ryan. And then he offers her a French fry. It was like a series of like very awkward statements. He's like, can I help you clean it up? Oh, remember the Christmas tree farm? Hey, do you want a fry? I think he offers the fry to Molly and I'm like, This is a good moment to teach Molly not to take food from strange men. Oh, I didn't even know he was talking to Molly. Okay. But yeah, weird either way. Yeah. And Heather's like, oh, I'm getting an important phone call. Gotta go. GTG, BRB. Except I won't BRB. Ryan is discouraged. Yes. And Molly... Oh. Does the cookie couple, like, give him some advice here? Like, 
I can see you like her. You better keep trying. Or does that happen five times later and not here? Yeah, yet? I think it happens later because <laughs> okay. um, I didn't write it down. And my notes were still pretty good at this point. As we get further <laughs> in the movie, it's okay. like, uh. Um, but Molly does, as they're walking away, mention, oh, he said that you were pretty. I'm like, another good teaching moment for Molly. Don't uh, go after every guy who tells you you're pretty. Yes, I know. Yeah, Molly has really internalized Heather's family's quest to get her a boyfriend, and she's making it her own mission. Yes, she is. Then we meet the rest of this family in their beautiful house. Yes, we do. In their house with a lot of Christmas decorations in it. And yeah, at first it's just Molly and Heather there chatting, presumably because Molly's taken her home from her shift at the mall. Or (laughs) Heather's taken Molly home from their shift (laughs) at the mall. And they're just kind of like sitting at the kitchen island. And then grandma and grandpa walk in. And it's not just any grandma. It's the grandma, the drunk grandma. Yay, Grams on the other side. And she... And the grandpa is the butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. So a true power couple. Absolutely. Everybody in this movie practically has been in some famous show of the 90s or 2000s. Because uh, <laughs> Courtney, the sister, is also played by uh, Tootie from The Facts of Life. Wow. But yes, Grams and Grandpa have come with a pizza because they're like, we heard you were babysitting and we know that you can't cook because you're just a busy career woman who doesn't understand the most important things in life. And Heather's like, hey, I can make grilled cheese. And Grams pats her shoulder and says, you have many other talents, dear. Oof, that's rough. Not to mention this looks like the most disgusting pizza ever. It's like all congealed and like not soft at all. It does not look like it looks like a quiche it does yes it does (laughs) like i don't like a lot of sauce on my pizza so like this would probably taste really good to me but there was no visible sauce like anywhere on this pizza it was just like yellow bricks (laughs) it like wasn't even warm like the pizza like the cheese was like globbed onto it yeah it was just a very unrealistic looking pizza and nobody ever actually took a bite so it was maybe not even real (laughs) Or it's like the same prop pizza they've been using for 10 years. And it's just like calcified. (laughs) But now we're introduced to one of uh, many recurring elements of the movie, which is Heather's love of Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol. Ah, yes. Which gets treated like it's this rare, like obscure book that only like specific types of people would ever read at Christmas time. Right. I know. Only the true... I don't know scholars among us but we learned that the grandpa read it to heather every year when she was growing up starting when she was 10 years old and now she reads it every year since then yes and molly's like a whole book about christmas carols <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> and she asks if uh you have to be 10 before you're allowed to read it and we establish that molly is supposed to be eight I'm not great with ages, but my nephew is nine and he seems younger than her. Yes. I was like, I was thinking she was like 11. 
I think, like, the characters break the fourth wall a few times, like, in this movie, talking about how, like, advanced this child is, because she doesn't act like an eight-year-old at all. She knows way too much. She's, like, kind of just, like, a mini, like, sassy grandma actually walking around, not like an eight-year-old at all. (laughs) Yeah, she's very uh, typical of Christmas movie children, though. But yes, I did not believe that she was eight years old. That seemed suspicious. Not suspicious, but just, like, incorrect to me. (laughs) Like, they have her acting like an eight-year-old in a lot of ways. Like, she loves to color. Yeah. But she's also, like, commenting on, like, people's relationship status consistently in it. I don't know. Children in Christmas movies are always very precocious. Okay. There we go. (laughs) But at this point, Courtney, so that's Heather's sister, and Grant um, are... Courtney's husband, Heather's brother-in-law, arrive home. And then I guess Heather brings up the bad date again, or the sister brings it up, and (laughs) drunk grandma is like, listen, honey, Heather, all you need to do is to use that online dating membership I bought for you. Is that still a thing, paying for an online dating thing? Like, I don't know. I don't think Tinder so. was a thing in 2017, right? Or at least OK Cupid. Yeah, I don't know. At least OK Cupid was. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like for fancy people, there are secret ones that you had to pay for. I guess eHarmony you had to pay for, didn't you? But that was a long time I ago. I think you did. I think you did because they had like some special algorithm that would find you your like perfect match no matter what. Yeah, I'm going to add some air quotes to special algorithm there. <laughs> <laughs> And also, Uh, wow, what a shitty gift you gave your daughter. Did she say it was for Christmas last year or something? I think she did, yeah. Like, Merry Christmas, find a man. (laughs) I'm going to pay somebody to find you a man. And poor Heather is like, listen, everyone, I know that you have like 80 bazillion years of successful marriage between the couples in this room, but meeting people is hard work. And amen, Heather, most men out there are fucking garbage. So don't let them get you down. Um, but then Molly chimes in and she's like, well, maybe the guy from the mall could be your boyfriend. Oh yeah. That man with the fries today said you were pretty. Yes. Oh gosh. And Courtney swoops in with, and he had fries score. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, Courtney, having fries is a good quality in a man. (laughs) (laughs) This is literally the only thing you know about him. And from this point forward, they refer to Ryan as Fry Guy, which I think is a really missed, big missed opportunity because they should be calling him Fryin. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that's what I'm going to call him for the rest of this. Perfect. Perfect. And this might be my favorite scene in the movie at this point, because now that Molly like made her little comment about um fry and potentially being uh, heather's boyfriend the dad is like all right molly that's enough for you time to go take a bath and go to bed and this child has not had one bite of her pizza (laughs) like no no parent in the whole world would like interrupt their child's dinner to like make them go take a bath when they hadn't eaten dinner it just made no sense they just had to get that girl out of there fast Mm mm-hmm Well, they needed an opportunity for her to, like, walk around the corner and look up like, I have a cunning plan. We do get a few of those from her. Yeah. (laughs) She's always looking up. I'm like, are you looking at Jesus or something? (laughs) So, yeah, while Molly's being taken to take her bath, um, 
the grandma is like, well, you know that I need more grandchildren. So awful. And then they like bring it down a notch and they're like, listen, all we want is for you to be happy, but we also want you to meet someone. And that's when Heather says, well, maybe I'll just ask Santa. And Molly is eavesdropping and the gears start turning in her little head. Then we go back to the mall the next day and we get this weird, like, this didn't need to be set up in this weird convoluted way that they need Brian to fill in as Santa for Andy. So Andy's like, let me tell you about my fraught relationship with my wife that is not going to come up again. Uh, I took on these extra Santa shifts because they were cutting security guard pay and I wanted to impress Liz uh, and show her that I'm a go-getter. But then she started taking double shifts. I'm like, how is one in a reaction to the other? And like, what does that... So like he needs to go home in the afternoon to watch their kids or something. It's very convoluted and pointless, like many yeah. things in this movie. But the moral of the story is Ryan has to fill in as Santa. And he's not what happy a shitty about it. Friend. Yeah, I mean, what a shitty friend to ask like your best friend to fill in for you as mall Santa. And That's I think such a huge ask. Andy is still getting the money for it. I don't think he's compensating Ryan at all. Wow. But yes, this is very convenient because Heather and Molly are walking through the mall and they see the sign like, come see Santa at Santa's village. And Molly insists that they have to go just for a minute. Because as we all know, going to see the mall Santa only takes a minute. (laughs) Yes. And for somebody who's trying to be VP of operations, uh, Heather seems to have a whole lot of time on her hands. So they go... There's a huge Santa montage with all of the children being cute and showing their list, some of them crying. Um, And then Molly gets to Santa Ryan. Yes. And she asks if it's okay for her to make a wish for somebody else. And Ryan's like, oh my gosh, that's the most selfless thing I've ever heard. What is your wish, little girl? And she's like, I wish that my aunt would just get a damn boyfriend already. (laughs) And Fryan says, Santa doesn't usually give boyfriends for Christmas. <laughs> like, yes, that's proceeds. called human trafficking. <laughs> and he's like, no, but tell me more. Yeah, so... What does your aunt look for in a man? Because he's realized that uh, this is the same little kid he met, offered a fry to yesterday. And he's got the hots for Aunt Heather. Yes. And Molly spills the tea. So she's like, listen... She has an MGA, which we learn is an MBA. She loves her favorite book is about Christmas carols, and it's very old and well-known. And her boyfriend definitely needs to know how to cook because she's a terrible fucking cook. And she really likes to talk about work. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Molly's really putting uh, Heather <laughs> Heather in a positive light here. Totally. And he's like, oh, ho, oh, ho, 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 even. (laughs) Now I have an in with this hot lady. Side note that this whole thing of Heather or Molly wishing for Heather to get a boyfriend reminds me of this conversation I had with my nephew once where I I was talking to my sister and I made some comment about having kids that he misinterpreted as me saying that I wanted to have kids or was going to have kids. Uh And he was so excited. He was like, you're going to have kids. I was like, no. 
And he, he was like, oh, man. And he expressed that he was really embarrassed that he doesn't have any cousins. Like, it's so embarrassing oh not to have cousins. I was like, oh, I did not know that that was like a status thing for nine-year-olds. That is really funny. But it made me laugh a lot. I was like, sorry, Levon, you're going to have to rely on Uncle Tommy and Aunt Kathy for that. <laughs> So it's not just kids in these Christmas movies who are wishing for weird things with their relatives' relationship status. (laughs) But yes, now that this uh, plan is set in motion, Fryan goes back to Patty's Toys, where Aunt Patty is handing a wrapped gift to a customer. And first of all, there's clearly nothing in this large box. Like, no, it's you can like see it like in. bending, yeah, yeah, caving in on the sides when she <laughs> yeah. hands it over. And Brian is like, Where did you learn how to do that? And like, literally, all she did was hand a box to some people and say, Merry Christmas. I was like, Learn to do what? <laughs> I know that's what I thought every time they were talking about like how beautiful these gifts are. Like, they're not. I've wrapped a better gift than this, and I'm not even that good at wrapping. I mean, I'm terrible at wrapping, so I could not wrap a gift that well, but it's pretty basic stuff. But I guess we don't have a broken arm, though. It's like true. Broken wrist or whatever, like, oh, Patty. Yeah, where, maybe it. it was, where did you learn to wrap a gift with one arm? <laughs> but I guess it's the end of the day, because then they leave the mall shortly after, and... Ryan offers to walk Aunt Patty over to the train in mm-hmm. wherever they are, Denver, Utah. Um, but of course, along the way, he runs into Heather. Mm. Oh, and this is where she gets a call and is too busy to talk to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Aunt Patty is like, oh, I can see you like her. You've got to try again. And tells a terrible story about her terrible, probably husband who won her over by going to the yarn shop she was working at to get yarn for his grandma and asked her out. And she said no, but he kept asking until she finally said yes and showed up with an Afghan he knitted. So I assume that he must've been asking her constantly to go out on a date with him for months, if not years, if he managed to make an entire Afghan as somebody who had never knitted anything before. Nat. That's horrifying. (laughs) So, uh, there's that nothing like getting harassed at your place of work by a stranger for multiple years. The best way to find love is to just wear down their defenses until they're finally so exhausted that they agree. <laughs> yep. Finding a captive audience is, is the key to that by going to someone's workplace. Yep. So she tells him mm-hmm. he needs to really uh, put his mind to it and find something like making an Afghan to impress her. And then I guess everybody makes it home safely because we have a quick shot of Ryan staring very pensively at his Christmas tree painting again. Mm -hmm. And then we see Heather at home eating a microwaved meal, like the no cooking talentless bee that she is, I guess. And Mm -hmm. she's looking at papers, presumably about (laughs) the mall's financial situation, which Again, I want to remind everyone that this is 2017 and she would probably be looking at these files on a computer. Yep. In fact, the only time that she uses a computer in this movie is to Zoom or FaceTime someone about her date and not look at any financials. Those are somehow all printed out. But I digress. (laughs) That's how they do it in Colorado. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. But she gets distracted from her work by picking up a Christmas carol and reading it for a bit. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, Ryan is watching a cooking show because he knows that he has to know how to cook if he wants to date Heather. Oh, I must have I must have like dozed off during that part. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's just kind of going in the background. Oh, okay. But Ryan has a plan now, as we see the next day when he goes to the bookstore at the mall, where we meet a brand new character, like halfway through the movie, who we eventually find out from his name written on a card, but nobody ever says it, that his name is Tyler, <laughs> who works at the bookstore. And he's like, I'm looking for a book about Christmas carols. Come on, man. Luckily, Tyler has the good sense to slightly embarrass Ryan. And he's like, are you sure you're not looking for the timeless, well-known classic A Christmas Carol by Dickens? And then Ryan's all like, oh, yeah, that one. I've only ever seen Scrooge in a Muppet Christmas Carol. So he has heard of a Christmas Carol. He just could not connect yeah. to this dot himself. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, and luckily, Ty- well, then Tyler is like, oh, what unique tastes you have or diverse taste you have. And I'm like, every elder millennial has seen Scrooge and a Muppet's Christmas Carol. I have not it's seen not Scrooge. Like- oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but I have seen the other one. Edit this part out then, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tyler does some weird, long background information about Charles Dickens and, I don't know, how his father was in debtor's prison. It's some bullshit. Yeah, it's just like a long speech of Dickens propaganda. (laughs) Like, whoever wrote this movie has a boner for Charles Dickens for some reason. Yes. But on his way out of the bookstore, Ryan runs into Andy, who's like, oh, how did it go yesterday doing my job for me? (laughs) (laughs) And Ryan's like, what happens at the North Pole stays at the North Pole. I'm like, did you fuck children? Like, what are you insinuating here? (laughs) Oh, my God. Right? Like, it makes no sense. And even Andy's like, okay, I don't want to know what that means. (laughs) But I guess as they're walking... um, they pass by the cookie couple again mm. and Heather's there buying another hot chocolate and another cookie. You do you girl. But Ryan comes up and he's like, Oh, I'll take one too. And I'll pay for both. And he's also and, like, Oh, and she likes her spicy hot chocolate. Do you have any chili flakes to put in there? I memorized every detail of our previous conversation, even though you've shown no actual interest in me. <laughs> and she's like, uh, but then he slams down a copy of A Christmas Carol right on the cookie couple's counter in front of the cash register. And Heather's like, OMG, is that the original A Christmas Carol by Dickens? And he's like, of course, this is my favorite book. And she's like, most people just watch Scrooge. And he's like, yeah, no, not me. Posers. Yep. And, and then, then he, he rattles off the facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He gives the Dickens lesson. He mansplains Charles Dickens <laughs> to this lady when he hasn't even read the damn book. <laughs> he just learned who Charles Dickens was five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> and he thinks he's doing great. He thinks he's got this in the bag. So he's like, hey, want to go to dinner with me? And she's like, I don't even know you. 
I'm like, well, that's kind of the point of going to dinner is like you get to know somebody. <laughs> right. I know. I thought that was a little funny. But he gets really like, pissy. Yeah. It's like, listen, we like the same hot chocolate. We read the same books. We work at the same mall. And then, listen, Heather's just trying to get out of the situation. But the cookie couple lady is like, yo, like, you got to say yes to this man. And then Heather really has no choice at this point. Yeah. She is being peer pressured from all angles. Yep. What I hated most about this is that with this really snotty tone of voice, Ryan says, usually it takes me a couple of weeks to get the it's not you, it's me speech. That was quick. Oh, yeah. You're harassing this woman at her place of work and she's saying no to a date. Get over it. Fuck off, Ryan. Right. Another reason why they need a separate employee entrance to the mall offices (laughs) without having to walk through the whole mall to get there. With all the riffraff. Uh, but then he asks, you know, like, what's your favorite restaurant? She says it's Christopher's. And he's like, OK, well, let's go there. That way, at least you'll get like a good meal out of this in case you hate being out to dinner with me. Yep. And then she agrees because she has no choice. Uh huh. And later she's in her office and telling is she who is she talking to her sister? Yes. Yes. She, this is her one time using on a hours. computer. Yes. <laughs> yes. The one time she's using her computer at work. She says, I tried to say no, but I couldn't. And I'm like, yes, that is an accurate uh, summary of what just happened to you. Right. And we get a good cut scene between the Zoom call with Courtney and then Ryan going into Patty's and telling his aunt all about his big date. Yes. And both Aunt Patty and Sister Courtney are very concerned that their loved one does not know how to dress themselves. <laughs> and so Aunt Patty says, hey, you should go to Andy for advice on what to wear for your date. And I'm like, okay. And let's remember that the only outfits we have seen in this movie are the security guard outfit and the Santa suit. I wish he would have worn the Santa suit on their date. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. But uh, Diana, as Heather's assistant, is recruited to take her shopping. It's suggested that uh, Heather doesn't own any dresses because she's a pantsuit kind of gal. But, but she... I think she looks so nice already. I know. I, I was like, she doesn't need clothes advice. She's got great line. style. Yeah. And everything is like tailored to fit her. It looks great. But they needed to have a shopping montage where... She tries on a bunch of dresses that uh, Diana wrinkles her nose at because they're all, like, business dresses, like sheaths and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ryan and Andy are at some store. Also, Ryan visits the lotion store for some reason, the lotion kiosk for some reason, and is, like, overwhelmed by all of the options. And I'm like, you go to the lotion store for your date? Are you just expecting that you're going to have to sadly masturbate when you get home because it doesn't go well and you want something that smells Christmassy? Oh, I hope not, but maybe. Right? Like, this is the most business the lotion kiosk has ever gotten. Like, every moment in this movie that involves a lotion kiosk is completely pointless. The person playing this woman who works there must be, like, related to somebody in the production. Yes, absolutely. I know, there's no point. He just looks stressed. Yeah. I'm stressed from having to watch these scenes. 
And we also watch Andy giving outfit options to Ryan, including like a Hawaiian shirt. So clearly this was not the best idea. No. But, you know, we're conditioned to think shopping montages are fun. So let's go with that. Sure. But they both leave with a new outfit. Yes. And Heather decides and she tells Diana, I'm going to leave a little early and go home and get ready for my date. I want that job. That sounds good to me. Yeah. She makes her own hours. She spends all day wandering around the mall with her niece (laughs) eating cookies. Drinking hot chocolate. Yep. And before we see the date, we have a side scene uh, where we learn a little bit more about Tyler and Diana. So after she's done helping Heather go shopping, Diana goes into the bookstore and she goes up to the counter and she's like, oh, hey. But she doesn't say his name because we don't realize his name is Tyler until much later. And he's like, oh, hey, like all the books that I ordered for you are here. And she's all, you know me so well. Like, I can't believe that Unless we had talked in the past, we wouldn't be in this situation. I don't know. It was like some her exact really weird... quote was: "Imagine oh, what God. would have happened if we never started talking that day." And I'm like, once again, this is a first draft of a line where they're like, "We'll fill in the interesting parts later." Like <laughs> that they just never do. They're like, we want to have like a C or D story about these two having like a Christmas romance, but we're just like not going to put any thought or effort into it. <laughs> so Diana's like flipping through some CDs on the counter and he's like, can I help you find something? And she's like, I'm looking for this very specific obscure Christmas album that I used to listen to by the Culver sisters. And I thought it might be in this like box of 10 CDs on the counter at the bookstore. (laughs) And he's like, Oh, I've never heard of it. And she's like, Oh wow. You've heard of everything. You usually know me so well. Like, but we see that they have a little bit of a thing going, but maybe Mm They haven't crossed into romance yet. Yes. There's like one shot where he's handing physical change back to her because she Mm. paid for these new books with cash. And they're like fingers linger over like a couple quarters. And you just know that there's romance budding there. (laughs) Did you have to? Did you have to? Did you have to let it linger? (laughs) So, yeah, good for Diane and Tyler getting down at the bookstore now they at the party (laughs) so then we get to go to the hottest restaurant in town and heather's favorite christopher's which looks to me like an upscale steakhouse kind of situation but um what's his name fryan fry oh yes (laughs) fryan gets there first and we see him take off his jacket and he's looking pretty sharp I mean, all the fuss that they made of him looking for a good outfit, because he's worn nothing but plaid shirts for this whole movie so far. Right. He's wearing, like, a button-up shirt underneath, like, a pullover zippy sweater. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is just, like, very boring. But Yeah, it's, like, nothing great, but he looks, like, sharp enough. But yeah. I wouldn't have noticed if he just wore a flannel. Like, that would have been dressy enough for this place, too. Yeah. And when... Heather finally found her look at the end of the montage. Diana made this face like, oh my God, this is the most amazing dress I've ever seen. And it turns out it's just like the most basic ass black short sleeve dress that has like a little bit of a sparkle detail on the shoulders. And I'm like, (laughs) 
All of the other dresses she tried on in that montage were, like, more interesting. Yeah, I know. Like, she should have worn a red dress for Christmas. I know. And, like, it's funny because, like, all the guests at the restaurant, like, the people who are working at the restaurant were, like, dressed in Christmas, like, colored clothes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she looked good. But, yeah, it was, like, nothing, like, out of the ordinary. And she totally could have worn that to work with a sweater, too. So, like, yeah, it was, yeah. I don't even think it was showing any cleavage. It was like a no high neck. Yeah. It was more like showing the shelf. So like when mm-hmm. it's just so form fitting that like your boobs look bigger, even though you don't see any cleavage. Right. They sit down for their meal and Fryan is ready to use all of the intel that he got from Molly when he was Santa. And he's like, okay, first thing she said was she loves to talk about work. So he's like, do you work at one of the fancy stores in the mall? Tell me about your job. Oh, what does it mean you work in the office? What do you do? But she shuts him down. Yeah. She's like, actually, it's very stressful and I don't want to talk about work, which I respect. Yes. Work-life balance. (laughs) Yeah. Then she asks him, like, so what do you do for work? And he's like, well, right now I'm helping my aunt over at Patty's Toys Um, but I'm an attorney and I'm just taking a break until I find my next firm. But he's all sketchy when he says that. And we know that he's lying because he doesn't want to be an attorney anymore. He wants to be an artiste. Yes. But he initially says, I'm between things. And she makes a face like, oh, you're unemployed. Okay. Smile and (laughs) nod. Like he's not selling himself very well. But so he like scrambles to say, but like, actually I'm fancy. I'm a lawyer. I'm fancy like you. But then he says... Something like, I know you think uh, I'm a man in my 30s. I should have something else going on. I'm like, are you, though? (laughs) And I looked it up. And Brendan Fair is 46 currently. And this movie was six years ago. So he was 40 when this came out. Okay. And he looks it. Yeah, he does. He does not look. He does not look like he's in his thirties in this movie. And he I don't. Looks like he's in his I believe 40s. both of them yeah. are in their forties. Like I didn't yeah. look up Tatiana Ali, but I'm pretty sure she is also in her forties. And like they both look mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Like why are we pretending? Can people in their forties not fall in love? <laughs> no, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> that would have to be a different kind of movie where they're at the nursing home. Right. <laughs> My favorite part of the date scene comes up next where the server interrupts their conversation to let them know that the dessert specials are selling like hotcakes. And if they want dessert, they're going to have to interrupt their meal and their romantic date at this upscale restaurant in order to order dessert now. Because they can't make any more. Yeah. And he rattles off like six desserts. He's like cherry jubilee, like flourless chocolate cake, something, something, something. And then he says, Bouche de Noel. And Heather just lights up. Because this was her very special Christmas thing that her grandma used to make. And she loves it. And they explain that it's also known as a Yule log. But then throughout the rest of this movie, Fryan cannot remember what Bouche de Noel is called, even though it's a very easy name to remember. Yeah. But she has to cutely teach him how to say it each time. Bouche de Noel. And he's like, Buka, Buka. Buka de Beppo. <laughs> oh my god. I did enjoy that when uh, the waiter mentioned Cherry's Jubilee, Ryan was like, Is that the one you set on fire in front of us? And I was like, yeah, That he, would be me. Yeah. Totally Bring me the fire. <laughs> but 
she's like, I need this holiday memory. Bring me the bouche de Noel. He's like, oh, good. We only have one slice left. And I'm like, the whole point of getting a Yule log is to, like, see the whole Yule log, like, decorated. I know. Not just, like, it just looked like a slice of Swiss roll. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he not only, like, does he interrupt them to order, to have them order, then he brings it immediately. So, like... What would normally happen in a nice restaurant is like, okay, so let's say that this scenario did occur. They would hold it mm-hmm. until you're done eating, but instead yep. he brings it to them in the middle of their entrees. Yeah. And, and Ryan, being the classy broad that he is, immediately goes to take a bite of it. And she's like, excuse me, you're like still eating our salads right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's a beautiful Christmas memory. Okay. <laughs> and she says, well, um, at least let me have the first bite. It's my grandma's thing, motherfucker. Right. And then she's like, oh, it's just how my grandma used to make it. She also used to make <laughs> roast turkey with a fig and port wine sauce. And my favorite Christmas memory is eating this. He's like, oh, okay. And while we were watching it, Mike was like, that sounds disgusting. And I was like, it does. It really does. And like, she as a child was like, ah, yes, I love that fig port wine song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she had a refined palate from a young age. She was the precocious yes. child in a previous generation's Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> but yes, she says but it overall, tastes like it's Christmas. A good yeah. Mm hmm. He managed to uh, break through that awkwardness about his job. So when Courtney calls Heather while she's walking home or to the train or whatever, she's like, well, it started off a little shaky, but he's so sweet and funny and a gentleman. I'm like, oh, so he didn't try to, like, get it wet. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. see. That's Good probably for what him. she's referring to. She's been on a lot of bad dates recently. It's true with MBA bros. And their vests. (laughs) And she asked Courtney, please don't tell Molly about this because then she's going to be on my case about getting a man. And I really don't need any more people in my life doing that. But of course, Molly is creeping like from the stairs and can hear both sides of the conversation somehow. And she looks skyward and says, thanks, Santa. Can we just take a moment to say how weird it is that she has to tell her sister not to tell the eight-year-old about how her date went? It's just so inappropriate. Yep. (laughs) But also, like, they shouldn't be conditioning this child to meddle in other people's relationships and think that the only way you can be happy is to have a man. Right. I know. Ugh. Good luck having a Merry Christmas, Heather. (laughs) So the next day after the date, we're back at the mall office and Molly's here again, of course, and they're up in like the front lobby area of the mall office. Mm -hmm. And Heather's explaining to Molly that she could just go ahead and color while she's in all of her important meetings this day. Yes. And she says, color me a picture. And she picks out the page in the coloring book that she thinks is a beautiful winter wonderland and it's just like a basic like snowy scene with a couple snowmen and some logs it's like yes yeah that is magical indeed (laughs) and unlike most things that have been established in this movie this actually does come back right yeah the the only thing that's mentioned again (laughs) yeah so while Molly is getting settled in for a nice afternoon of coloring in the lobby of the office 
Ryan comes in bearing flowers. And I think someone, it must be Molly, says, Fry Guy, is that you? Oh, yeah. She calls him Fry Guy. Oh, he's just like, oh, I was going to see if you want to grab a bite to eat because I've often seen you wandering around during business hours not doing anything and eating cookies, so I assumed it would be chill. <laughs> but Arlene calls her right at that moment. So she's like, oh, I really got to go, um, but maybe I'll see you later. But Molly, the little meddler that she is, says, he can color with me. Yes, and then he's like, yeah, that sounds great. Which is weird to me. Yes. Uh, Heather, not good anting to be like, okay, this man that I barely know, you watch my eight-year-old niece and color with her. Uh, I don't want her to learn anything about stranger danger. Yes. And to be fair, Diana is there looking on the scene longingly as though she is very horny for Heather's life. (laughs) Yes. We do have Diana overseeing. That's true. And as soon as Heather walks away to go take her very important meeting, Molly is like, so are you dating my aunt? So she's just like really hung up on this topic. She's on the case. I don't even remember what he said in reply. Yeah, I I think he like kind of like chuckled and oh, he asks her how old she is. That was the next time that this came up. He also asked her how old she was when he was Santa. And I'm like, why are you so fixated on how old this child is? Yeah. Are you doing like age of consent calculations in your head? (laughs) Yeah. So they get to coloring and she like talks to him about the winter scene that she's drawing. And he's like, well, what would you like me to draw? And she says, a reindeer. No, a princess. No, draw me. And this beautiful drawing will come back to to Hanta shortly. He truly drew her like one of his French girls. (laughs) (laughs) And while all this beautiful coloring is going on, um, Heather has taken the call with Arlene. And Arlene just comes out with it in this call. And she's like, so where are we with the restructure? We don't want any legal trouble. (laughs) What legal trouble? Besides the legal trouble that you're going to be in for not giving the tenants enough time to pack out before you evict them. Yeah. Or getting sued for being dumb. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but Heather is still trying to, like, get her to change her mind. She's like, what about we just downsize the ones that are underperforming instead? Like they did to Hot Topic at Mayfair Mall in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. <laughs> And she's like, listen, listen, Mountain View Mall has an ice skating rink and you cannot compete with that shit by downsizing. And I'm like, why don't you just build an ice skating rink if you want one so bad? I know that would be like a low cost measure. Like it would be like a one time cost. You just throw down like some plastic and fill it up with ice. Like, yeah, (laughs) maybe. I mean, it's not that simple, but it's also not like, like a super cost prohibitive thing to be able to do in a mall. Yep. And I'm like, well, I would go to Mountain View Mall to see if I still can't ice skate after the last time I tried, which was with you at Millennium Park like 10 years ago. (laughs) That was fun. It was. But yeah, she's just like, that's business. The the numbers don't add up with your freaky plan, Heather. Stop caring about people. Yes. So I guess they just leave it at that. And Arlene is putting on the pressure... 
Heather is concerned about the people, but she goes back to the office lobby and she's like, oh, you want to grab that bite to eat now? But Ryan says that he can't because Andy has texted him and was like, SOS, need you to be Santa, please help. (laughs) What a friend. He better like make a lasagna for Ryan at the end of this or something. I hope so. But they do agree to meet up later in the evening. Yes. And he tells her that the date location will be a surprise. Mm. I don't like that for a second date. How do you know how to dress? Should she wear her Hawaiian shirt? (laughs) So then... Of course, Heather has to get straight back to work because she's just out here doing business and she has to draft up the termination letter for Patty's Toys. And it seems like that's so the she's... only store she has to do it for. <laughs> it, it's the only one they mentioned. Uh, and then Molly comes back in with Diana and... Or no, first Diana comes in and she's like, hey, how's it going or something? And she's like, oh you know, these are real people that were impacting with these decisions to close the stores. I'm just a corporate stooge. Actually, I'm a corporate Scrooge. And I don't want this job if it means hurting people. (laughs) That is some A plus punnery, Heather. I approve. Meanwhile, Diana's like, fuck those people. You're just doing your job, girl. Which is true. I mean, listen... Heather's not the one out here making those decisions. She's just a corporate Scrooge. Yep. But yes, she is having many regrets. And I think at this point, she doesn't even know that Patty's is where uh, Ryan works. No, she doesn't. Yeah. She's just feeling the guilt. But we don't have to linger too long on the sadness because Molly comes in to give her the drawing that she colored of the beautiful winter wonderland. And also to show her the masterpiece that Ryan drew of her, which we are going to put on our Instagram because it is fucking terrible. (laughs) It is so bad. I mean, I couldn't do any better, but I also didn't give up my job to be an artist and not be able to draw. And, like, it would be one thing if he had drawn a picture of a reindeer and it was shitty. Like, oh, that would be sweet. But it's like he drew a picture of this little kid who must know that it's a shitty picture, but is acting like it's the most flattering portrait. Like, she looks like a gremlin. (laughs) It's very wild. (laughs) But that did really remind me of uh, Klaus's horse drawing. (laughs) Like, I've drawn this really creepy, weird picture for you. Love me, love me. (laughs) Yes. Mollies are the opposite of people. Mollies are. (laughs) But luckily we don't have to look at the picture for too much longer because Grant or Heather knows that it's time to go. um, And she's like, all right, Molly, let's pack up. And luckily Grant is there ready to pick up Molly. Mm. So yes, Molly gets into the car with her dad and then Heather's like, Oh, I'm going to text Ryan to see what's up. So she goes back into the mall and then we see that Ryan is on Santa duty, but he like takes a quick moment while there's a child with him to text her back to say, meet at the park at 8 p.m. When you get a last minute unpaid fill in Santa, you get what you pay for. 
guess so. Uh, so, gosh. So I guess yeah, he tells her point... to meet him at Castle Park. Oh, Castle Park. Okay. That's what the sign said. Because she strolls up there. And it's, it's very cute. Yeah, lots of Christmas lights on something that looks castle-like. Sort of in the vein of the Mars Cheese Castle. <laughs> she's having some regrets of her own. She's like, I've been out on a date once with this guy, and now I'm just out here meeting him at the dark at night by myself. I'm like, that's a good thing to be aware of, so hopefully you're being safe, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have some mace in your handbag. Yes. But luckily, Fryan isn't going to be attacking her. <laughs> he has <laughs> he has found a private enclave at the park where it's like a bench and he's got hot chocolate. And it's surrounded by a bunch of foliage, which makes no sense because it's supposed to be in the winter. But somehow these trees are like luscious and green. Oh, he has Mexican hot chocolate because he knows oh, her so well. Of course. Can't argue with that. And she says this weird thing to him like you seem like a totally different guy and this is like the start of this thing where him learning like two vague things about her and talking to her about them means that he's this like creepy lying scumbag and he's acting totally different from like the one other brief moment he spilled coffee on her like <laughs> it makes weird. no sense yeah. it doesn't I, I didn't even notice that he that she said that it's like, yes, it, you're so different. You're not spilling anything on my boobs tonight. <laughs> I don't know if they talk for too long before the carol carolers <laughs> arrive. Mm, yeah, we get a long shot of the carolers. <laughs> we do. There's five carolers and they're tr dressed in tr traditional caroler garb. And they're really doing the most acting in this movie out of everyone. Mm -hmm. They're making Dickens face. <laughs> yes <laughs> but at some point either before or during the carolers Heather's talking about how it's so hard to capture that Christmas feeling as an adult and she feels like she's turning into a Grinch but when she had that mm. cake the other night it all came back to her and then they kiss they kiss right yes they do yeah. kiss this is where they have their first kiss yep yes very romantic yes in the Christmas spirit. I like to kiss somebody for the first time in, in front of a bunch of strangers dressed in Dickensian garb singing a cappella. <laughs> oh, so good. And yeah, so Heather is just on cloud nine now. So we cut to her waking up the next morning in her beautiful bedroom. She's stretching out. She's got on Christmas jammies. Her alarm is Christmas carols. And she rolls over and we see that she just has a giant perfect tree in, the, in her bedroom. So yes. she's a Christmas lady. She, everybody in this movie has a Christmas tree in every room of their house. <laughs> they do. She's I forgot like, to mention it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, like she was just talking about how she can't get in the Christmas spirit, but her house is decorated to the nines. Like, yes, I find it hard to put up one tree. <laughs> I know. And I was laughing too when I was watching it in early the earlier scene where they're at um Molly's house, like there's one scene where there's no Christmas decorations in the background, but there are three Christmas mugs just stacked on the counter with no other reason. Just to show that it's Christmas. In case we forgot. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. So yeah. 
Molly's happy and Ryan's getting to the mall. And of course he has to go over to the cookie couple to let them know how things went. Mm -hmm. But he's feeling a little bit guilty. So he goes up to them and just starts fucking spilling the tea. So he's like, listen, the date went well, but it's only because I used the tips that I gathered from her niece when I was Santa to impress her. He's so guilty that he lied to her about knowing who Charles Dickens is. Yeah. Like what other information did he really get except for the fact that she was shitty at cooking? Literally nothing. Yeah. That she had an MBA. That's probably on her business card for working at the mall. Yes. But he and everybody else acts like, oh my God, how could you? They're acting like it's 10 things I hate about you. (laughs) I know. Uh, But the old cookie couple man says, listen, don't feel bad at this point. You just have done all of these things to impress a woman. To make a woman feel special. Oh, to make a woman feel special. And you'll know when the time is right to tell her and then she won't be mad. It's like the weirdest fucking thing. It's like, I thought he was just going to say, none of this really matters that much. Just don't tell her. But that's not what happened. It's very stupid. And he takes a cookie and doesn't pay for it and walks away. (laughs) Wow, what a dick. Well, Mr. Cookie Couple hands him a cookie and he doesn't pay for it and walks away. (laughs) He needs to at least offer, though. Yeah. And then we go to Heather in the offices, the mall offices, where she is still feeling very festive and has a giant pink box of holiday donuts that she gives only to Diana. (laughs) It's like, this is your Christmas bonus. Yes, thank you for Oh, and she also has a very special Christmas present to deliver to Diana from Tyler. Oh, This yes. is where we learn Tyler's name, because it's written on right. the card. And I sometimes wonder if this scene was just specifically so that they could get his name in there somewhere. And they're like, oh but... shit, we forgot to name this dude. <laughs> yes. But we know immediately what this package is, because it's a wrapped album, mm-hmm. and... Of course, Diana goes to open it, and it's that same little-known album that she was looking for in the CD bargain bin at the checkout. (laughs) Yes, and she gets a look on her face that we've previously only seen her have when looking at Heather hanging out with Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my god. The note also says, love Tyler, so then I'm like, well, did they already date or no i think he's making his move with this but really we sure. see almost nothing of those two together after this yeah right we just yeah we don't we resolve the their storyline at all nope so then we jump over to patty's where Fryan is telling aunt patty about the date man we're really getting this from every angle possible yep And she is not really paying attention. And he's like, wow, I really thought that you would care more about this, Aunt Patty. And she's like, "Uh, well, they're making me leave the mall and close the store because we don't make enough money. So fuck you. (laughs) He's like, oh, don't worry. I'll talk to Heather. She works in the mall office and she'll be able to fix everything. Little does he fucking know. And we find out later that the letter is signed Heather Nash. And he's saying, I'll talk to Heather. And Aunt Patty doesn't connect the dots like, oh, she's the one who wrote this letter. I know. 
maybe if someone in that business was paying a little bit more attention, they wouldn't have to be on the 50% sale list to get evicted. <laughs> yes. But she's like, oh, no, don't bother her. Don't get her involved in this. Could you use your legal experience? He's like, maybe I could file an injunction. What the fuck does that mean? I'm like, I know a little more about legal stuff now because of my job. And the only time that I hear people talking about filing an injunction is in restraining order hearings. I'm sure it has other, like meanings mm-hmm. but that's what my mind immediately goes to i'm like maybe she should file an injunction <laughs> against you bro <laughs> but he immediately like reneges on that because he's like well actually what is it? east park corporation is such a huge company they have all of the resources available at their disposal so it would probably do nothing anyway sorry at patty but maybe there's another way to get their attention and he looks over at some ribbons. Yes. And that's when he has the great idea. He's like, we'll just have to get their attention with customers. Yeah. Wow. I have a great idea, Aunt Patty. Why don't we get more customers at your store? I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, where the fuck were you, like, with these ideas when you were stocking Beanie Babies the other day? He was saying, I'm going to make some flashier displays to bring in more customers. And then he never did anything about it because he met... <laughs> A hot chick and has been trying to get with her ever since. Right, right. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's great. He's a good nephew. <laughs> so then, of course, Molly and Heather are out trolling the mall on, <laughs> on another business day. And Molly spills the beans that she asked Santa for a boyfriend for Heather for Christmas. Yes, and Heather is probably thinking, fuck my life, (laughs) but (laughs) she's nice about it. Yeah, and their attention is drawn away from this conversation because they happen upon the most beautiful piece of art that either of them have ever seen in their lives. It takes their breath away. Yes, a beautiful mural of, like, snow and a tree with snow on it. (laughs) Like, you could get a window decal that looks exactly like that. And honestly, that's probably what it was. Yeah. And it wasn't even that big. It was, like, over two of the store's windows. Yeah. I mean, they're, like, big windows. Like, it's a mall. Like, they're big. But it wasn't the... It didn't deserve this reaction. No. And it's clearly not that that's making a difference. It's the fact that Aunt Patty is using her miraculous gift wrapping abilities to (laughs) offer a service of wrapping gifts for things that they didn't even buy at her store just to get people to come in. And somehow it's making them money. Well, because people come in to get a gift wrapped and then they see that perfect thing and they pick up another gift and make a purchase. Okay. But Aunt Patty is still wasting all of her late, all of her free labor. But fair enough. Fair enough. They got some butts in the door. That's the phrase. No, that's (laughs) not the phrase. Butts and seats. <laughs> but yeah, they're getting butts and seats. <laughs> uh, but Heather is distracted by the fact that Ryan's there and she's like, oh my God, this is Ryan's aunt's store. I just sent her a letter to tell her to get the fuck out of my mall. Shit. And so she's acting kind of squirrely. <laughs> but Ryan's like, oh, was it okay that I painted this beautiful mural on the store? I know we didn't ask permission. <laughs> Like, why would it not be okay? It's This is so weird to me. Yeah, it's not like it's permanent. 
Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes, like, it's just so beautiful, like, this picture. And then he's like, well, actually, it's not just a picture. It's a mural. And a mural is a life-size painting. It's when it's a painting that's really big and on a wall. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's thank you, Ryan, for mansplaining say. murals to us. <laughs> he is a very much a well-actually kind of guy. Yes, it's the attorney in him, I suppose. Oh, yes. I'm going to file an injunction against him to shut the fuck up. (laughs) But then somehow he asks her on another date. I forget what the segue is here, but he wants to see her again tonight. Yeah, I think Molly is being Molly and like, oh, is Ryan your boyfriend? Oh, Oh, yeah. And he's and she brings up the thing about not being able to cook. And like, this is one of a couple of times where. Ryan accidentally reveals that, like, he knows things about Molly and about Heather because he knew what Molly's name was. And then he knew that Heather was bad at cooking in this conversation. That's that's right. So he's like, oh, why don't you come uh, at this? Yeah. But nobody notices because they just don't pay attention to what he's saying, which is I I support that choice. (laughs) But he says, oh, come to my house and I'll cook you dinner. And I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, third date. Yeah, it's time for the sex. Yep. But uh, not only is he feeling guilty about his lies, but now she is feeling guilty about uh, taking away his aunt's livelihood. So she has to talk to her family about it over at Courtney's house. Oh, that's right. So she's over here again, doing the most, dropping off Molly and is like, listen, everyone we're going to have to break up because he's going to find out that this is, this is my favorite quote. He's going to, when he finds out that I destroyed his aunt's livelihood, he's going to hate me. I mean, that's valid. (laughs) (laughs) But then like Courtney and drunk grandma are like, listen, you're just doing your job. He's not going to hate him. Just go ahead and explain it to him tonight. And everything is just going to be okay. Yeah, just tell him it's your boss. Yeah, yeah, like, tell him it's your boss. It's fine. They are just so concerned about, like, this very, very short, not even official relationship, like, getting lost that they're just like, no, everything's gonna be okay. You can't, you can't break up with him. It's your last chance. You're in your 30s, (laughs) quote unquote. (laughs) But she is real torn up about it. So she goes over to his house and she's, like, practicing in front of his door, like, Ryan, there's something I have to tell you. I have to tell you something. No, there's something blah, blah, blah. And he opens the door midway through her practicing. And I guess his breathtaking beauty just overwhelms her and she can't get it out. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, hi. And then he's like trying to like welcome her in and be classy. But then he's like, wait, do you smell that? OMG, something's burning. Come in, make yourself at home. I got to go to the stove. OMG. (laughs) And whatever was burning had been burning for a long time because, yes. like, you don't get to that level of burn unless something is, like, on the stove not being stirred for, like, t- 10 minutes. What You can't even tell what that shit was before. I'm going to guess that it was Cherry's Jubilee and then he just left it on fire for a long time. Oh, that, that would explain it if it went fast. <laughs> it looks like it had been set on literal fire. So. It, it really did. Side story, when I had COVID... Um, I had the 
no smell thing and i never Mm -hmm. realized how much you use your sense of smell when you're cooking because i kept burning things because i like you know like when you're cooking things like onions and garlic you know that it's like almost ready to Mm -hmm. you know for the next step or whatever when you could smell it but then i kept just like burning the shit out of things and i'm like maybe he has maybe he has covid or something (laughs) i also had the no smell thing it was so weird it was wild i was actually i probably shouldn't have done this but i you know i had like clorox bleach wipes because during Mm, covid like everyone you know was wiping things down with those wipes yeah and i couldn't even smell those and like the smell of those is like so caustic so -hmm. that i was like oh well what's something that like i could really smell so that (laughs) yeah it's just escalated so i got um like those little alcohol swabs because we need those for like baby reasons sometimes mm-hmm. and i could even smell like an alcohol swab like the ones they use on your arm before you get a shot yeah and it was just so weird i was like what if it never comes back this is wild yeah it was like how i knew i had covid because i was recovering from strep because i caught both covid and strep at the same time on a trip to canada wait just now just like recently yeah a few weeks ago oh no yeah and it was like I was so sick over the weekend. I had taken a COVID test and it was negative. So I went to the doctor and found out it was strep. I felt like shit. So oh. I had these menthol lozenges, not even menthol, just like super strong, only menthol ones. Oh. And I took one and I was like, this doesn't taste very strong. And so I tried to smell it and I smelled nothing. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh, this is no. COVID. So I went to my candle, I opened up my candle cupboard and took a big whiff and couldn't smell anything. I pulled out my strongest smelling candles and like put them right up in my face. I could smell nothing. And oh. I was like, I barely even needed to take the test. I knew what it was. Yeah. Was that your first time having COVID? It was. I had made it so far. You're... That's a long ass time. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan anyway. is fucking up this cooking. He has decided he wants yes. to seduce this woman by making her grandma's Christmas dinner. Which is. <laughs> so weird like it's just weird it's like a lot of effort to go through for like somebody you just met it's like one of those things where it's like you're trying too hard so it becomes a little creepy but there's no such thing in a christmas movie this is just like the most romantic thing he could have possibly done by christmas movie logic right personally if i was like having my childhood memory grandma meal um it wouldn't probably turn me on a lot to like engage in sexual relationships but that's just me that's i just, just feel me. i feel grandma's presence in the bed with us tonight ryan <laughs> once i had that port wine fig sauce it really uh got me going she uh, she's uh going downtown and says oh it tastes like christmas <laughs> mm. anyway enough about blowjobs yes uh, okay yeah, so he has made roasted turkey breast, not a whole turkey, but with yes. the fig port mm-hmm. wine sauce, which he feeds her with a spoon. Mm-hmm. And he made a Yule log, which he says looks like shit, but I think it looks fine. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. I couldn't do any better. Or sorry, mm-hmm. a bouche de Noel, which he again fails to say, even yeah. though he's now made one. He again calls it boca. <laughs> I mean, he's just saying the Spanish word for mouth, and she's saying the French word for mouth. There we go. <laughs> but, yeah, so 
then he's like, okay, now that you've tried all of the ingredients before dinner, let's like go have some wine. Um, and then like he's pouring her some wine and he's like, okay, so you're sure you had no problem with me painting the beautiful mural at Aunt Patty's store? And she's like, yes, I was just upset because, and she was about to tell him about the whole lease thing, but she says, I was just upset because I was in awe of how beautiful it was. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And she uh, says the magic words, do you paint? He's like, let me take like, you to my studio. <laughs> I'll show you, show you some genuine beauty. <laughs> oh, yes, he's been waiting for this moment since he quit his attorney job and divorced Kate. Yep. Um. <clears throat> So he brings her into his studio where he has like all of those artist palettes and a bunch of Christmas paintings of varying skill level. Um, and these weird thin Christmas trees that they like, did you notice they bumped into them frequently? Like, yeah, they had the same ones times. at the mall office. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones you get like 50% off at Target the week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Uh, and she's like, wow, these are amazing. What's that one? It looks so different. And he's like, yes, I'm experimenting with styles. So basically all of his other paintings are like different types of Christmas trees. And they're, I don't know, like, what they would you like even describe them as? What you would do at a paint and sip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But this one that caught her eye is like more of like an illustration, I guess we could call it. Yes. Um, and it's just like so clear that he didn't paint it to me, but that is yeah. what it is. And she's like, oh, like, tell me about this. And he's like, yeah, this is more of like a children's book illustration style. Um, and this is actually me. When I was eight years old, I was cooking with my grandma, baking cookies. And then I turned the stand mixer all the way up and batter just flew everywhere. Ceiling, me, floor, walls. And then she shares a cute anecdote about herself making too much popcorn when she was six. And they bond over being messy children who lived for drama. <laughs> and then she sees a painting that's covered by like a drop cloth and she pulls it back and sees, Oh, it's the painting of her at the Christmas tree farm. Wow. And she looks, uh, he looks nervous for a second, which rightfully so. Cause it is a little creepy to paint yeah. someone. Also, he <laughs> made her look like fucking slender man or something. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Her legs were like thinned out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like from the back. So there's no defining features except that like, She's wearing red. <laughs> it's giving Slenderman Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> At Christmas time. <laughs> it's the Slender Handmaid's Holiday Tale. Oh my gosh. <sighs> but she's like, it's so beautiful. And he tells her that she can take it. He wants her to have it. And she says, I love it. It's amazing. You're so talented. And then... Anything for love. They definitely fuck later, but we don't get to see that. Because it's no. a family movie on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, there's even a saucy joke earlier when he's feeding her the fig port wine sauce. And she makes a content sound. And he says, 
were you just faking that yummy sound? And she's like, I would never fake an orgasm. I mean, uh, sound of tasty food pleasure. Uh, I didn't pick up on that double entendre, but I should have. I'm always looking for them everywhere because I'm 12. Good job. (laughs) I'm the age that Molly actually is. So, yes, that was a beautiful date night. We got to see Ryan's art, Fryan's art. And now, of (laughs) course, we're back to the mall. So there's like three places, four places in this whole movie. And we spend most of our time at the mall. Mm -hmm. So we're back at Patty's and it's bustling in there. So Ryan is working the register. Some rude man just like comes barreling barreling up to him. And he's like, where are the trades? And he's like, aisle two. (laughs) Okay, so then next to him, Aunt Patty is handing a gift to a customer. And the customer is like, wow, I've never seen such amazing wrapping in my life. And again, this was just basic wrapping. And it was also weird because it was like a box where Mm -hmm. she wrapped the top of the box separate from the bottom of the box. So it just was not even wrapped all together in one piece. But... But she explains for us in case we didn't get it, like, oh, my gosh, usually I go to Nielsen's, the department store, but they theirs are so boring. And then I came in here and I saw a perfect gift and also bought that, too. So that's why this is saving your business. Also, this woman is the most cheerful Christmas lesbian I've ever seen with her, (laughs) like, red shirt and uh, green puffy vest (laughs) and my haircut. Yes. She was happy. She's she's uh, Patty's Toy's biggest fan. Yes. So the plan has worked. They're doing great. Hopefully they won't be evicted now. But, oh, oh no, Ryan has to go and work another Santa shift because that's just how it works with his friendship, I guess, with Andy. Ugh. Okay, Andy. But before he goes, he sees the letter that uh, Aunt Patty got about the lease and he reads the whole thing and sees Heather Nash at the bottom and thinks, Oh my fucking God, that trollopy hoe. Oh, he's mad. And rightly so. Like he, he has legitimate beef with her and she does not have legitimate beef with him, but it gets treated equally (laughs) later. (laughs) It, it does. I know the, her beef with him is just so silly, but yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, you know, he kind of like storm walks out of the, out of the store and he runs into Sammy, who again plays the elf at mm. the Christmas village. Um, and Sammy's like, all right, like, let's go, man. We got a job to do. And he's like, hold on. Like, I have to send this text. And it, they have like a couple of exchanges because he like doesn't know what to say because he's like so worked up. So eventually he texts her, we need to talk or I need to talk to you later or something along those lines. And Sammy gets like two of his three lines here. He's like, come on, man, let's go. (laughs) I'm a nagging elf. And then we see Heather at the department store Nielsen's, which becomes so relevant in the last third of this movie. Um, oh yes, and she's looking for a gift for Fryan, and she pulls this like denim, like chambray button up, and says, "This would look so handsome on it, Ryan." <laughs> I have that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in this movie understands what interesting clothes are. 
They don't. They don't. But apparently Ryan had to walk through the department store to get to Santa's village because he's wearing his Santa outfit and comes up to her. And she's like, oh, hi, Santa. I, or I, Since when do you play Santa? And he says, at least I'm not playing Scrooge. Wow. And she's like, He's really taking a Christmas Carol to heart. Excuse me? What now? But he is on his high horse, or his high reindeer, as it were. And he dramatically reads the entire letter, which he's been carrying around with him. And she's like, oh, fuck, I was going to tell you on our sex date, but I couldn't get it out. And you made the beautiful meal. It wasn't personal. Like. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't know Patty was your aunt until after I started my review, which doesn't matter. Like, it, you know, like it just her excuses are like very weird. Yeah. And he's like, just give her another chance. We have tons of customers now because of my brilliant business acumen. Like, I feel like I have an MBA after this. <laughs> if you could just give her more time. Um, and then he was like, what's Molly going to say? Which was sketchy. Like, yeah, for what him the to fuck? Like, throw that in, in her face. Like, that was weird. Like, I don't know. I didn't like that. Yeah, no, that was gross. And then something clicks for Heather, but I don't know exactly what it is that said that, like, makes her put two and two together here. Yes, she connects some strange Santa dots. It was like, oh my god, you were Santa. Oh, because he mentioned Molly and she's like thinking or talk, saying something about how Molly wished that she would have a boyfriend for Christmas. And she's like, wait, oh, she told that yes. that wish to Santa and you're Santa. That's how you knew her name. Oh, he's yeah, like, she's like, she just told me I didn't ask. And I'm like, you literally asked. So tell me, what does she want in a boyfriend? Who's the lie? Oh, you're still lying. You don't fix lies right. with more lies, buddy. And Heather is not having it. She's like, the bit about the book was just everything a lie. He said it wasn't an act the way he felt about her. We both made mistakes. And again, he has barely made a mistake. And she know, has really put his been. evicted or his aunt from her longtime place of business. It's not the same at all. Oh, and he brings, yeah. she's like, oh, are you actually even a lawyer? And I'm like, good question. But he says, I am, but like, I didn't want to tell you that I was a painter. It didn't seem like it would be good enough for you. And then she gets him and she's like, well, it doesn't matter because either way you're a liar. Hey, oh, yeah. So now they're both outraged and they go home to wallow in their misery, which means Heather is sitting in front of the painting of herself being sad and he's sitting in front of a blank canvas unable to write or draw in it as though he's Elena unable to write in her diary when she's on the outs with Stefan yes and then this like Christmas carol that I've never heard plays in the background and I like really loved it I it's like I a really depressing carol <laughs> it is <clears throat> has the refrain of like peace on earth but i'm not gonna sing it i won't do that to you our listeners <laughs> i wouldn't be able i would do that to you our listeners but i don't remember how it goes so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then andy texts ryan again to ask him to cover for santa and he's like listen man i can't cover for you anymore like i'll babysit your kids while you're on your santa shift but it can't happen 
it has too many negative associations with me. It'll just trigger my uh, heartbreak. Right. And the only thing Ryan can do now to make him feel better is start reading The Christmas Carol. So he picks up the book and starts reading it. Oh, my God. And now he really can say he knows Dickens. He knows all of The Christmas Carols. Yes. He would probably say that he lived a... I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. I was gonna, like, make, like, an Oliver Twist comment, but it was just too far. I couldn't bring it back to... back to this. I understand. And then we get Heather over at Courtney's again, kind of yelling at her family, basically, like... We were fighting in the middle of the street in front of my workplace. This whole thing is so stupid. I wish it never happened. And of course, Molly is creeping in the background listening in. Grams is like, oh, you know, it's kind of sweet when you think about it that he like tried to trick you into liking him. Which again, it's not a big deal, but like, it's also not sweet. (laughs) Yeah, it's not sweet. I, I just feel like Courtney and Grams are trying to do everything they can to make this relationship happen. Courtney's like, just because this is wrong doesn't make the whole relationship wrong. And I was like, what? She's been on like three dates with this guy. You have never met him. And they like stand up for him. It's very weird. But he had fries. He's a winner. (laughs) I mean, I like fries as as much as the next person. But my favorite part of this scene is that grandpa is sitting there reading Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) But with like a lime green cover. Was that supposed to be symbolism? Like, I I don't like, know. I don't it. It's like they're showing the cover of the book, like, very blatantly. And I'm like, is it going to be a Christmas Carol? Is it going to be, like, some other holiday classic? No, it's Romeo and Juliet. Who fucking reads Romeo and Juliet unless they're a freshman in high school? I know. That's a one and done situation for me. I have an English degree and I would never sit down and read Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't have an English degree, and I wouldn't either. (laughs) So then, yeah, so Molly's eavesdropping through this whole conversation, and she walks in, and she's like, was it bad that I asked for a boyfriend for Aunt Heather for Christmas? But no one tells her no, which is very weird. Like, it doesn't come up that it wasn't bad until the next day. So, yeah, Courtney is like, Listen, it's okay to ask for a doll or a bicycle, but when you ask Santa for a person, that's when things get tricky. Again, because it's human trafficking. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. This was just so weird. But she says, I just thought this would make everyone happy because you've all been saying over and over that you just want Aunt Heather to be happy. And the only thing that's wrong with her life in your eyes is that she's single. And then poor Heather is like, listen, I don't know what's worse. The fact that Molly's not getting her Christmas wish or even an eight-year-old sees that I need magic to find love. Oh, good self-burn. Yeah. So she's... I think that was my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. The dramatic family confrontation. Very Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. It would be funny if this movie ended with them both dying. That would make it the perfect movie. <laughs> But unfortunately, we just have to go back to the mall office at night where, or maybe she's at home, I don't remember, but Heather is looking at the earnings report from Patty's store and... On paper. Yes, on paper, next to the horrible picture of Molly that Ryan drew. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I have so many regrets. What am I going to do? 
my no- this is where my notes go off the rails. Is this when she calls Arlene? Or when she tells Diana to call Arlene? Yeah, she talks to Diana. Okay. <clears throat> who says something that inspires her to say, Oh, hmm, use your Christmas wish to help someone else. Hmm, I have an idea. Uh, Get Arlene on the phone. Tell her I need to meet. And things move quickly because in the next scene, Arlene is strolling into the boardroom where all of these people again are present for the meeting. She's like, listen, I'm supposed to be in Aspen right now. So this better be important. And Heather pulls out the most basic PowerPoint presentation (laughs) I have ever ever seen in my life. It had three slides. So she calls this woman out of her Aspen vacation to show her three slides and it's all just bar graphs and pie charts. It's all just bar graphs and pie charts showing that somehow showing that Nielsen's was losing money by wrapping presents and having seasonal employees. And Patty's Toys was gaining revenue by wrapping presents. And that they need to establish a voucher program where people could buy things at Nielsen's and then bring them to Patty's to have them get wrapped because it is a destination at the mall. And maybe when they're on their way from Nielsen's to Patty's, they'll pop into another store and buy another thing. It'll help everyone. Everyone wins, except for the seasonal employees that we have to lay off because we're not offering gift wrapping at Nielsen's (laughs) anymore. But fuck those guys, am I right? I loved this scene because this could have been one email and they had like 18 people in the boardroom and called Arlene from her Aspen vacation. And this is like December 23rd, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yes, it is. But Arlene's like, very interesting. Tell me more. And I think the thing that really gets her is how they're saying what she's been saying all along is that we don't need to risk having months of not having rent because all of our stores are empty because we let go of all these paying tenants. And she's like, Oh, I know you said that like 20 times, but it finally makes sense now that you gave me this PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Arlene is a vibes only corporate VP. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Jack Hay filmed all her scenes in one day. And I love that for her. I could see that. <laughs> yes. And then we go back to Courtney's where Heather is making a grilled cheese sandwich and canned soup for uh, Molly. Yes, Molly. Yes. And she says, I don't need some guy to cook for me. And I'm like, whoa, turning the patriarchy on its head. Hey. Get a girl. But she did but she... burn the sandwich slightly. Yeah. But it's like... I don't know. I would eat that and not complain. Like, yeah, I like, like a little a good bit of the crispness on a grilled cheese. Yep. But her conversation with Molly is interrupted because she gets a very important call from Arlene, where I guess Arlene needed to take some time to digest all of the very complex information that was provided <laughs> to her in the earlier meeting. Um, and she's like, listen, bitch, the promotion is yours. You're going to head up operations for the entire Western area for... East Park Corp. But the position is based in Seattle. What a bomb. And she says, unless there's a reason you want to stay. And like, you see how they're thinking about Ryan. And she's like, oh, well, I don't have a boyfriend anymore. I do have a loving family that I see every single day. But no, I have nothing keeping me here in 
whateverville, Colorado, Utah. <laughs> so she's like, I'll do it. And then my very Merry favorite Christmas, line, <laughs> very favorite line of the whole movie, the call ends. We look over at Molly, who says, what's Seattle? <laughs> Not like, where is oh Seattle? <laughs> Just yeah. what? What's Seattle? <laughs> is it far away? How will we hang out after school if you're in Seattle? Poor Molly. So now Heather has some instant regards about that. Her rash decision to throw away her whole life because her three date relationship fell apart. (laughs) Oh, you do you, Heather. But I guess she's taking care of Molly late this night because Courtney and Grant stroll in and they're like, whoo, two holiday parties for our jobs. That's just too much. We just bailed out on them both. And then stayed out all night for no reason because we weren't at the Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. But then they started unloading on Heather and were like, listen, we work too much. Being a parent to Molly is more important than working. So we're either going to have to work from home two days a week or sell our house and downsize so that we could see her more. Which, thank God, because this child lives at the mall. Yeah, right? And it's a very nice house. But, you know priorities man yeah it's interesting because this was before covid so you hear them like talking about Mm. working from home two days a week and if it's possible or not so different times now very much so (laughs) but the man's trying to take it back the other way yep and heather's like wow it sounds like you guys have really figured out what you want now i need to figure out what i want wow so that is christmas eve and Heather strolls into Arlene's office because apparently Arlene has just canceled her vacation, question mark. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not done here at the town center shops or whatever the fuck this mall is called. I want to stay here, but you make me general manager and give me a 15% raise and a longer leash so I can implement my brilliant ideas without having to make you a PowerPoint. And rather than being like, Bitch, you just ruined my vacation, Came, made me come into work on Christmas Eve, and then denied the promotion I offered you. Jackie is like, I think I misjudged you. And you think she's going to be like, you're, you suck, you're fired, I'm very disappointed. But she says, you're better than me. Let's make you a vice president with a 25% raise. It's like, all oh, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes. Wow. I'm not going to lie, I did not see that coming. That was a twist. Mm-hmm. But I always trust Jack Hay, so I wasn't too surprised. I was like, she's going to be okay in the end. That's true. <clears throat> Good point. And Heather just looks so proud here, and I'm happy for our girl. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. This would not happen in real life. No, it would not. So I think at this point, now we check back in over at Patty's. Mm. And Patty has reaped the benefits of all of Heather's work because she's telling Ryan about the new gift wrap voucher program that they're going to have with Nielsen's, which is the same idea that Heather had presented um, to Arlene. Ryan's like, oh yeah, like that sounds cool. You know, that's a good thing. And Patty's like, yeah, you should call Heather to talk about it because I'm sure she had something to do with this. And he's like, oh. 
he asked, does management know? Like, with this <laughs> shithead little, like, look on his face. Like, oh, gotcha, my yeah. bitch of an ex-girlfriend wouldn't stand for this. Mm-hmm. But she's like, it was their idea. Call her. Go to her, Brian. <laughs> and as if being summoned by the thought of reconciliation between her aunt and this random guy, Molly comes running in with a sheet of paper folded up and says, I have an idea and whispers something in his ear. And she unfolds the piece of paper to reveal her drawing, which is not even a drawing. It's just, she colored in the winter wonderland for Aunt Heather. (laughs) And then Molly and Fryan go around to all of the different people in the mall. So the cookie couple, Andy, the lotion lady, Tyler and Diana, and they're all whispering and making a plan. And worst of all, uh, Andy is Santa again, and Sammy is there sitting on his lap. None of the children sat on Santa's lap in any of those scenes. They all sat next to him on the big bench. But we just have Sammy casually sitting, a grown man sitting on Santa's lap, like Santa with a hand around his waist. I'm like, why? Did you just want to humiliate this little person? Is that why you put him in this movie? Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Or maybe they're dating. I don't know. (laughs) But it was fucked up. Yeah, that is. That is. That ain't right. But they're going to make a Christmas miracle, so I guess we'll just blow past that. (laughs) So then Heather gets to Courtney's house. And she's excited. She's like, oh, hey, like, we're here for dinner. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, we're all celebrating. But Molly's like, hey, hold up. I actually need to go back to the mall because I left my mom's present here. And Heather's all like, no, you didn't. Like, I gave it to you here and I told you to hide it and we're going to, you know, eat dinner. So stop asking me to go back to the mall. I spend all of my (laughs) waking time there and so do you. And then drunk grandma is like, dinner's not going to be ready for a long time. So you should probably just go back to the mall to get the kids present. Mm -hmm. And Heather reluctantly agrees. So they go to the mall and it's already closed. So she like has a key. So she walks in and all the lights are off and they go down the escalator And they start to see something as they're coming down the last steps. It is a goddamn winter wonderland. And what does it remind us of, Claire? That beautiful, incomparable drawing by Lil Molly. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, he's trying to go big or go home. He's making a grand romantic gesture. What he has done is filled the center of her place of business with, like, inches of fake snow two live reindeer which are probably shitting all over the place (laughs) and all of their friends and co-workers from the mall are there this is nighttime on christmas eve and he has forced all these people to come to the mall to just like stand there and watch him win over his lady (laughs) what the fuck and it's also like so much more inappropriate because she's like technically all of their boss too, right like because she like determines whether they could work at the mall or not or the businesses could work at the mall or not so like they can't be like no i'm not doing that who is gonna clean up the fake snow where did they get these reindeer is there some kind of like tiger king christmas theme park that just has (laughs) reindeer that they rent out oh probably 
But it's a Christmas movie, so it's very romantic. He's made her Christmas dreams come true because he remembered how she said it was hard to feel the magic of the holidays when you're an adult. And he apologizes for the fact that he tried to get information about her before he tried to take her out on a date. And then she also apologizes, but not necessarily for the lease, but for like being so rigid and having like so many expectations that her heart wasn't open or something. I don't know. It was very weird. Or I wasn't paying attention. I could be wrong. Well, yeah, he's like, it was wrong of me to do that. And she's like, oh, no, you know, I'm just too too uptight. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. And then uh, the cookie couple points out, hey, you're under the mistletoe. And they look up like three stories to like the top of the dome (laughs) in the middle of of the mall. And there's a giant mistletoe hanging there. So technically they're all under the mistletoe. They should be having an orgy right now. Like the reindeer should be kissing each other. But they're like, oh, another holiday tradition. And Patty says, just kiss the boy already. It was Patty, right? I don't know. I believe so. It was either it was either Patty or the Cookie Lady. Okay, yeah. It was at this point that I was texting you like, "Oh, I'm not done with the movie yet," because <laughs> I thought that there was going to have to be a longer conversation between them to resolve their issues. <laughs> but they're right? just like, actually, there's no reason for us to be mad at each other. Let's make out in front of all of our friends and coworkers and employees, <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> and everyone starts clapping, and then it's credits. Like, and the kiss like lasts for like five seconds before the credits it it does end very abruptly we made it to the end and it only took us over three hours (laughs) wow kudos to us look at us so i am very pleased with our choice of movie even though grams was not in it nearly enough i think it was a perfect way to really kick off the holiday season you know it's the beginning of december and now i this brought back the holiday spirit for me Yes, now I'm going to put up my decorations, but I won't have a tree in every room. Sorry. Same. And I will cook holiday meals, but I will not make fig port wine sauce or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) So it wouldn't be an episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries if we didn't ask some very important questions. Uh, Beth, who you want to punch? Uh, all right. So I have two, but I'm going to pick the one that I think that you're not going to pick. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pick Andy because mm. I feel like it's a really shitty thing to do to ask your friend to not only step in on your behalf to be mall Santa, but ask it repeatedly, like over the week before Christmas. With no notice. With no notice. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes before and he's like, oh, actually, dude, SOS, can't make mall Santa. Millions of children's dreams will be dashed if you don't go. Um, Just hook up with Sam and he'll let you know what to do. And remember, this is really important. What? No, thank you, Andy. Um, I just feel like that is not being a good friend. So I thought he deserved my punch. I agree. Very good choice. Thank you. Who are you going to pick? I mean, I very much want to punch punch? whoever uh, had the idea for the casting of Sammy and what they made his character do. Yes. But I'll also punch Ryan just for being kind of a schmuck. And not, okay, not only in physical attractiveness is he several steps down from Heather, but also, like, (laughs) he brings very little to the table. (laughs) Like, his artwork is 
very painting is my passion. Um, good for you. Good for you. But he's also kind of a creeper. Like yeah. for this kind of movie, he's actually not that bad. But she could do better. I want her to date the lotion lady. Yeah, she could do way better. I think that that is a good one. He's like lame. He the fact that they opened the movie with the line he hasn't had a steady income in two years. You're like, oh, er, 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 code red. Yeah, but he must be independently wealthy or something if he still lives in that house. Yeah, it's true. And he can afford to put a Christmas tree in every room. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So on the other side of the coin, who you want to high five? Mm, I'll let you go first for this one. Okay. So I went first for punch. So who do you want to high five, Claire? I'm going to high five Tyler because he pulled a babe with Diana by like paying attention to her and like sort of doing what Ryan was doing with Heather of like noting her interests and like sharing those with her, but not in a stupid way. And he works at a bookstore and he kind of gave Ryan shit for being a basic bitch who doesn't know about a Christmas Carol. And (laughs) he didn't do anything problematic. So I'm into it. I would say Diana, except that she was a little bit creepy with the way that she was always looking at Heather and Molly. That's true. That's true. I could get behind that one. Tyler is one of the best characters in this movie. (laughs) How about you? Um, Who do you want to high five? It's tricky because I don't agree with everything this person does, but I felt like they brought a really good presence to every um, interaction that they were a part of. So I'm going to high five Arlene. Yeah. She just did not not give a fuck about anything (laughs) or anyone. Listen, like, I'm I'm not trying to be like a corporate baddie, but Arlene is, and she is owning it. She walks in the week of Christmas, and she's like, "Slash, slash the budgets. We're sending these people out on their ass," and then she's just ruthless and hilarious. And I'll I'll give her a high five for that, even if I don't agree with the premise of all of her decisions. It's like she said, women don't just shop in malls; they run them. They run them. And I also feel like she deserves a high five for missing her trip to Aspen mm. for a meeting that could have been an email. Yes. So we're Or a Slack message in this day and age. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. So now we must ask the eternal question. Why are men? <laughs> we're just staring at each Wait. other wistfully. I know. We... we... <laughs> Why are men? I mean, I think the fact that Ryan is out here doing the least, but everyone is, like, celebrating him as this, like, great hero that, like, Heather would be happy to be with and that she has to, like, jump over backwards to accommodate him and, like, all of his, like, weirdness um, tells us a lot of what we need to know, right? So this is a guy who has not had a steady income in two years, has paintings, again, of very questionable quality. It's just kind of, like, boring. Mm. But the fact that he has just asked her out, like, he deserves the fact that she needs to go on a date with him, it doesn't... It's just not, it's just not right. Like, he, he could be doing more. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that whole persistence thing, like, oh, if I just ask her over and over and don't leave her alone, eventually she'll say yes. And I thought we were yep. past that by the year 2017, but I guess not. No. That's My like fav- a generational thing in his family, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the romantic story of his uncle whatever making an Afghan of love. <laughs> yeah, the thing that... Uh, it's kind of a wire of men from the point of view of like the person who wrote this as being very patriarchal uh, is when Ryan is asking Aunt Patty like, oh, how did you learn to wrap presents? I usually just uh, use a bag and some tissue paper. And Aunt Patty just says, most men do. Yeah. Like have higher expectations for men. They deserve Please. to not have those stereotypes used against them because... You're just propagating a bad system. And we... Hey, I am not a man. I am not a woman either. But I also usually... I cannot wrap presents. And I do a bag with tissue paper. So... Yeah. Get get wise to the gender binary or lack thereof, Aunt Patty. Come on, Aunt Patty. One refreshing thing about this kind of movie is that, like... All of the wire men shit is just so baked into, like, the pres- the premise and the form that you just know what you're getting going into it. Like, I know there's going to be, like, very retrograde gender politics at play here. It's always going to be yeah. the uptight woman who just needs to relax and, like, the jolly old, you know, relaxed guy who may or may not be a single dad. Teaching her what really matters, that she really just needs to be a wife, whatever. So once right. once you're going into it, you can't be that mad about it. That's just what these movies yeah. are. Like, that's why I don't... It's, like, almost feels, like, silly to bring up the fact of, like, the that everyone kept telling Heather repeatedly that she, like, needed a man in order to, like, fulfill her life and that the mm-hmm. most important thing, like, for Christmas is that she needs to have a boyfriend and somebody to, like, go pick a tree with her mm-hmm. and that, you know, she's not happy because she doesn't have a boyfriend and all of this stuff and she needs to get married and she needs to have grandchildren and the pressure from her parents. I mean, we could probably, you know, talk about that for... A long time but we know like we know like that is the whole point of like this movie like this genre like you say like for this woman to like get married i guess or fall in love Mm -hmm. um they don't even have that high expectations they just want her to have a boyfriend at this point yeah (laughs) like yeah (laughs) they bought her an online dating subscription for fuck's sakes good lord i should buy my mom a silver singles membership for christmas this year (laughs) do you have to pay for that I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She'd love it. Yeah. So it's it's a nice break from the sort of issues that we find in the Vampire Diaries where it's like everybody's rapey and like gaslighting yeah. and it's just like really a uh, kindergarten style misogyny. Right. It's like the things that are like so baked into our society that you like almost don't even I don't want to say that I don't even recognize them, but it's like we all know. We know that that's gonna... Yeah, we yeah. all know. Like, we all know, like, people think that shit and, like, people put, yeah. like, undue pressure on, like, their, like, grown adult, like, daughters or whoever to, like, get married. It's not right, but it's the world we live in. Yep. So as a Christmas miracle, we don't need to talk too much about wire men and we can cut straight to some funny business uh, and say, who should have done it? Who should have done it? 
Mm, I feel like 30 minutes have, has gone by. I'm still thinking it. I'm still thinking it over. Is it just me or were there only like four people in the movie who weren't related to one another? Yeah, uh, that is pretty accurate. Okay, I have one. Okay. Um, I think that Andy's wife, Liz, and Ryan's ex-wife, Kate, should have left their husbands and been together because they could do better. I agree. Those guys do not have a lot going on. Liz is working those Couple double shifts. She working those double shifts. She can support uh, Kate in the manner of living to which she has become accustomed. <laughs> Leave Andy with the kids. He loves being a dad and they can just go and uh, tour the world together or something. Sounds good. I'm, I'm here for it. All right, I'm gonna say Arlene and the the guy from the Cookie Couple, oh. just for just for no other reason than it would be very chaotic, um, and I feel like they are very different from one another. So maybe there would be a little bit of romance there, and that was also one of the only group of people that I could think of that weren't already related to one another except for Fryan and Heather but that's just boring so yeah. didn't want to pick it I could see Arlene being in a thruple with the cookie couple and then they have to change the name of the store <laughs> oh my god this is why you're so funny I love it I love it that's better I would rather shop at the cookie thruple <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that clink and what else? Do we have a do you have a favorite quote from the movie? Oh that right, we're I calling forgot out again? that we did that. I know, that's a newer one. I feel like I already called out all my favorite quotes, but uh just it bears repeating. What's Seattle? <laughs> What's Seattle? So good, so good. I want that on a t shirt. <laughs> What's Seattle? Um I have I have so many notes that I just need to find <laughs> the right one. I already said it, but it's worth repeating again. Um, I have two. So the first one, when he finds out that I destroyed his aunt's livelihood, he's going to hate me. Because <laughs> she says it like, you know, like, that isn't going to happen. Um, and then the other one is Arlene is <laughs> when she starts the meeting or the call with, where are we with the restructure? We don't want any legal trouble. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the restructure. It doesn't make any like, sense. What? I know. And it's also not a restructure. She's just letting people out of their leases. Like Yeah, she, I don't like, think she she keeps using that word, but I don't think she it means what she thinks it means. Exactly. Exactly. Those are oh. some good choices. Likewise, my friend. Well, this was a beautiful holiday journey. I'm glad that we were able to take it together. Uh, this is going to be a very long episode. Even if I cut out half of it, it's still going to be longer than our average episode. <laughs> so I hope you all appreciate the extra large helping of us talking shit about shit. Because it's still going to be a while before uh, we get back to the Vampire Diaries. But yes, glad to um, be able to give you a good Christmas gift. Yes, and just a little holdover. Hopefully we'll get back to it someday um but in the meantime we really appreciate all of the mystic follower messages and comments and likes and reviews that you've left us um you know they're still kind of flowing in here and there over the last year even though we haven't 
recorded any new episodes and it's just always like so nice to hear from you mm-hmm. um and only one nasty gram over the last year uh which was funny but we also appreciate the engagement either way what was the nasty gram i forget it was a facebook message about i forget exactly what it said but it was like i remember we laughing at so it so dumb yeah it was like how dumb we were and about how the podcast was horrible and you had the best response back you were just like okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that was the one yeah oh and they said we, we ruined we the vampire diaries and i was like we have <laughs> so much power right oh yeah and we were talking about it amongst one another and we were like did they know that they could stop listening if they didn't want to keep, keep listening <laughs> oh man i love our haters uh, yes i love our haters and our lovers alike yes I would say I love everyone, but that's just not true. <laughs> I love anybody who pays attention to us. Yes, there we go. There we go. All right. Well, do you have any parting holiday wisdom for the people? Um, I guess I would just say that if we could get sentimental for a moment, it's good to step back and spend time away from your job, whether you're shutting down local businesses within the mall because your crazy boss has a harebrained scheme to close businesses the week before Christmas. Um, But it's a good time to reflect and to not get caught up in all of the horror shows of late stage capitalism. And if you don't get the promotion, it's okay. Um, And yeah, just like relax and recharge and do the things that make you happy. Yes, but most importantly, find a boyfriend. I don't care if you're attracted to men. I don't care if you already have a boyfriend or a husband or girlfriend or partner of any kind. Get a boyfriend for Christmas or else little Molly will be so disappointed. Perfect. Chef's kiss. (laughs) He's a painter. (laughs) Yes. Mozzarella.